commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Greg Skondak, and you're listening to Core World News, your whole news show for in-depth coverage, analysis, of the latest stories for around the galaxy. Welcome to a duel of the fates roundtable. Now for your host, Ben Grabs Adam, to join up and talk about the fate script. Ha <laughs> ha! Thank you very much, Grex. Um, and thank you to all our listeners for listening to this week's episode. This is a little bit of a shot in the dark, little uh, random um, selection we, we've we pulled out. I've been wanting to do this for a while. Um, this script is available. It's online. Um, it is by uh, Colin Trevorrow and the other writer on the front. Derek, Derek Connolly. Connolly. Derek Connolly. Thank you. Um, there's a date on the front of it that says 12, 16, 16. It looks very official and it is very complete, um, but pretty early in there. Um, but obviously the big Star Wars news this week were was uh, John Boyega's quotes in the GQ article. Um, basting um, Lucasfilm for his role, for Finn's role and how it was essentially marginalized. Um, but there was another quote that came out of that that I found interesting. Um, and obviously, we're going to talk about this article um, throughout this process because Boyega obviously has a very good point. Um, and we've talked about that on previous episodes. But um, I, he was talking about J.J. Uh, Abrams, and that was the one person he seemed to single out and let off the hook. Um, and he said, you know, everybody needs to leave my boy alone. He wasn't even supposed to come back and try to save your S word. Um, which is interesting to me. So I just thought, well, okay, what was JJ saving him from, you know? And like, was he saving, you know, saving us from Trevor's script? Was he saving us from the fact that they had no script for, you know, for the third episode? Um, I don't know. So it just seemed like it opened the gateway into sort of looking at the other potentiality of uh, the ending of the sequel trilogy. And it's just sort of fun because it's a full script by a professional script writer that was, you know, at one point greenlit by Lucasfilm. It's like a really interest. It's, it's the most advanced fanfic you'll ever see. Um, and, and most professional. So um, it was a fun dive to do. And I just have been dying to talk about it with Adam and Grant and hope to hear feedback from y'all on mine. Yeah. And I feel like you can't talk about this film without talking about, the directors and the direction of the sequel trilogy as a whole. Yeah. So I think that's what you're talking about, Ben. We're going to go back. We're going to look yeah. at the force awakens and we're going to look at Finn and we're going to look at, we're going to look at how his trajectory goes, you know, on through these films. And we're going to look at how each director handled that character. Cause I feel like Trevor in Trevorrow's script, I thought that was an excellent portrayal of Finn and what you could do with Finn as a character in terms of what that character did. I also feel like you could do a lot more. So I can't wait to go back dive back into the force awakens see some of those optional setups the directors could have executed upon which is you know uh finn's connection to, to kylo ren finn's use uh finn using a lightsaber um finn talking about the force and his a concept and idea of the force was actually fundamental to that film and i thought that was really yeah. interesting and you could have really pulled that out and stretched that out to almost a jedi-like character yeah. um in the second film it could have been a precog and, and Ray could have been the warrior and another character could have been another form of Jedi. And this could have been fledgling Jedi trying to figure out what the Jedi are again, kind of a rebirth in an interesting way as well. There's so many ways you could have formed 
this trilogy that I think is super interesting. And I think what Trevorrow did was interesting. But I I like both films, honestly. The Rise of of Skywalker and um, Duel of the Fates are interesting in different ways. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff in Duel of Fates uh, that we'll get into. Um, And I'm trying to give it the benefit of the doubt in that it is an early formed script. Um, I'm looking forward to getting to you a bit, Grant, about that statement about Finn in Duel of the Fates. Because uh, I, I feel exactly the opposite, where I feel like there was very little service done to Finn in Duel of Fates, but we'll get there. Um, I will say that, and I think we talked about earlier, what I find interesting is that by the time we get to Duel of the Fates or Rise of Skywalker, um, certain pathways are closed off because of the first two films, right? Like, you you, you kind of are starting, t- right. starting two-thirds of the way through a film, like through a film series. And so it's really interesting to see where both stories go with the path that was laid before them and in some realities like the divergent paths to me aren't that great between these two films no they're pretty close they 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 go wildly different directions in the middle and then the ending gets pretty close in my mind pretty close to where we get to there's a couple of real interesting parallels there's some very interesting overlap too especially lightning you know ray using lightning and things like that right yes there's a lot of overlap I mean, Rise of Skywalker was like they did get they did get credit, right? Yeah, for, Trevor for, was credited with story by credit, for story yeah. by. So clearly, when they read when JJ read it over, or I'm, I'm guessing he read it that he did decide to borrow certain elements that were there that were. Oh. So it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so one a couple points here. One, I think we're gonna focus on all the people of color in um, this series and see how they can be dealt with. Um, Another thing is that if the the date is correct on the script, 16, that was like when Force Awakens came out, right? Because Last Jedi didn't come out till 18. So that stuff was set in stone as far as Luke Skywalker's dead and, um, you know, all the events of of The Last Jedi, Jedi had come to pass. So he, he must have been working from a nearly complete script by Ryan Johnson when he did right, because the words last Jedi are uttered quite a few times in yeah. this yeah. script. Yeah. Yeah. He, he calls back pretty frequently to um, the second movie there and uh, to last Jedi. And, you know, maybe he could have pun- obviously the script had plenty of room to be punched up and like adapt. I think that's that's how people refer to Ray. They call her the last Jedi. Yeah, I think that's just how do. people yeah. refer to Rey in this yeah. script, which is uh, interesting choice. Yeah. So that was set in stone really early. And um, the thing third point that i'd like to make and I, I i will die on this hill is the real reason why they couldn't use the trevorrow script was that um carrie fisher died like that we we can't skip over that because she's yeah. just she there's no way given the you know the boxed inness that jj was like after her death is and and like the you know if you want to honor honor the Fisher estate and Billy Lord's wishes, you just couldn't. I mean, you'd have to create a CG character and or you know recast or something because she was just too active to do that script in full. So that I mean, that's something to keep yeah. in back mind. Like if you're wondering why these diverge so much, I think that has a lot to do with it. I think that's a really good point. I think I think I wonder if um, you know, talk about dying on hills. I wonder how much Trevorrow was married to this to this vision of Leia and really pushed back against. Um, not trying to CG it or recast it or something, and the, and they yeah. just were not willing to do that. Um, 
because we'll we'll talk about what I liked and what didn't like, but I there were moments and maybe it's because Carrie Fisher had passed, but there were moments that I teared up with Leia in this script that we got yeah. we got some real amazing Leia Luke moments that were that you couldn't do, right, with, with what what we had from Force Awakens right. left over. But it was, you know, it's 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 yeah, I think that's a big part of it. I think it's a good point. Alrighty. Yeah. Well, a great, um, great Leia Kylo relationship in the script too. I thought that was pretty strong when I was, I mean, just it's yeah. interesting in terms of the, yeah. the cutting and the transitions and showing Leia and, and Ben in yeah, script it, and just how dire it is for, for Kylo in the script. Yeah. It, just, it yeah. seems, it seems just bleak immediately for the, for, for in terms He's of much his outlook. It's further down dark. the path of darkness. Yeah. It's yeah. Very dark. I, yeah. So do you want to just dive right into uh, the first act of the of the script here and just sort of do a synopsis and then we'll jump back to, you know, Force Awakens and Last Jedi as necessary? Or do you want to sort of scrape through The Last Jedi and um, and Force Awakens before we uh, before we do this? I'm guessing our listeners are fairly, yeah. you know, familiar with those two films. So I think maybe as they come as it comes up to how it maybe influence something in the script, it might be good to look back. All right. That's my thought. Yeah. OK, Um well, I will. I guess uh, since I brought up this idea, I'll I'll just try and do the first act. And if one of you want to jump in for the second ones, um, so first act we have uh, the it it's called Duel of Fates, which is lovely, a nice tie in to the, the thing. Um, in the crawl, where we found that there's pretty much complete control over the galaxy by the First Order, they have an occupa- occupation on every planet, um, and they've they've shut down communications between planets, which is like this. Do you want me to read it? Yeah, sure. That'd be fun. Let's do we do want, it. do we want Grant to read it or do we want Grex to read it? Can we call Grex back All right, in? Grex, get over here. Episode nine, Duel of the Fates. The iron grip of the First Order has spread to the farthest reaches of the galaxy. Only a few scattered planets remain unoccupied. Traitorous acts are punishable by death. Determined to suffocate a growing unrest, Supreme Leader Kylo Ren has silenced all communication between neighboring systems. Led by General Leia Organa, the Resistance has planned a secret mission to prevent their annihilation and forge a path to freedom. Thank you, Grex. Do we do, do we want to talk about? Are we just gonna really get granular and talk about the crawl, even? Because I'll say crawls are tough, and this is definitely a first yeah. path. This but... might be the most political script of all of the scripts that we've had thus far in terms of main mainstream Star Wars scripts. Yeah, I I will say I Other do than the love taxation this taxation of trade routes. Right, I was gonna say, but I just, I teach a yeah. I teach a course on human rights, and not to get to whatever, but like I feel like one thing that I talk about a lot, which is not. In, a, in certain manuals is that the free press is I consider free press a human right. And I talk about why that is. And one of the big reasons is if you look at every history of dictatorships, the first thing they do is clamp down on the press. Um, we see it in literally every time in history where we get a dictatorship takeover. Um, and so I kind of like, this isn't necessarily press, it's communication, but I like that. I like this yeah. aspect it is very much like the taxation of trade routes is very real, right? To what leads to rebellions. Taxation leads to rebellion over taxations in, in our own history, and this clamping down shows this as a, as a, you know as a as a dictatorship, and I I appreciate that in this. Yeah, it definitely feels like pre-war Germany, nineteen thirty-nine, mm-hmm. like kind of propaganda. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, wings at hand and silencing people and whatnot. And um, 
that's that's really interesting but i just love that they frame this this freedom movement i think that's super interesting it feels yeah. like an op it feels like a political opposition to this tyranny in mm -hmm. a bigger way than just a fighting force it's like oh no no we're this is an ideal at the same time this is a this is a political view where we want freedom for everyone and i love that was i thought that was really interesting and i think that plays in a major way in the script when you go through the script and you see that we return to a you know, a planet that we hold dear that was the central, you know, hub of politics in the prequel films. You know, we go back to Coruscant. And it's, it's I think that's such a fun idea. I yeah. love the usage of some of the old concepts and old architecture from the, the prequels, honestly, like the, the Coruscant, the Jedi Temple. And some, I thought that was just super smart. I was like, oh, yeah, let's go back and use all these things because there are all these hidden, you know, tools of democracy to save democracy hidden yeah. within this ancient hub of politics that was like, hey, we can always have freedom because here are the tools. It's in the Jedi Temple, you know. All right. Well, since you yeah. brought up cool. the Jedi Temple, I got something to say about it. So I do. I, I, I'm in whole agree with this. I love returning to Coruscant. Um, I think that makes sense. The beginning of this of the series, episode one, you know, takes place in Coruscant. It should end in Coruscant. I like that a lot. Part of me does not buy that the Jedi Temple still stands. <laughs> That was a big that was part of an issue I had is, again, if you're looking at dictatorships, you pull down any source of freedom that the, I feel like the Empire at that point would have well, did, taken did everything out build and, a tower and, atop the Jedi Temple. Basically, he built. Yeah. The Imperial he, Palace yeah. Atop in canon, the Jedi he's Temple. using it for something. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if he's living there or he turned it into. Yeah, he lives above it. Fun. It's kind of like his mark of victory, really. It's like, yeah. yeah, which I get. But it's weird that he didn't also clean out everything that was in there. Yeah. But right. but I love right. but I'm with you, Grant. I love the symbolism. So I think if I saw this on the big screen, right, and not reading it and really whatever, I would have like let that part go for how meaningful it is. So I'll give it a pass. Now, because apparently places. I'm the arbiter. There are other locations in the allowed. script that I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Coruscant, and, I thought was kind of interesting. I yeah, and really we don't get to Coruscant for two more <laughs> really the second and third acts. Yeah. Um in the first act, we start off with um, our crew of heroes trying to destroy uh, a Kuat uh, orbital ring docking yard and maintenance area for 12 uh, Star Destroyers for the First Order. I love that scene. Yeah. <laughs> I love that scene. I love that. It's incredible. Yeah, I it's very it's much... So yeah, it's very much feels like a Bond opening thing, and so essentially what like happened... Moonraker. <laughs> yeah, like right. Moonraker, right. but you're stealing a giant ship at the same time. There's like a central energy core and it actually it's bound to the planet. So it's like kept in, you know, um, orbit and by being anchored to the. There's the, a fun line, though. I think like Poe is spinning the Star Destroyer or something. He's like he's she's like, no, no, no aim to the empty area, the black void. Like, yeah, empty space, <laughs> yeah. not back yeah. at. The, I was like, that's a great line. I like just well, love that beat. And it was set up by an awesome like gamer line, which is just like they inverted the oh, axis yeah, on yeah. his on his controller, yeah, and he's like, "Who inverts the axis? Yes, right? Yeah. <laughs> Who does that? Who does yeah, that?" They're gonna head Star Wars Squadron. I'm already gonna have it. it so it's that's right. the way. So like. Ray just like mind tricks him. So anyway, so what happens is they they're trying to blow up this station, but it things go sideways, and they end up uh, having to pay make a harrowing escape, and decide to do it by stealing a star destroyer which ends up being the foundation of the new home base for the rebellion for the remainder of the movie, um, which is awesome. Um, I just, I mean, the, the scene was awesome, but the, the concept I think is just fantastic too. 
Um, they're awesome. successful. They rendezvous back at the other base, and like, there's a line where he tells Leia, he's like, "Come on, you know you've always wanted one of these things," which is yeah. kind of funny. Which I like the fact that Leia still is frustrated by his bravado and not thinking stuff through, but he's gotten a little like I see the progression from the last Jedi because it is a dumb move, right? And at the end of the yeah. day, because there's so many tracking devices and other things that could be on there, <laughs> I just right. love that. I don't know that it's called yeah. out, but it is. It would make sense. It's a very, it's a very Luke, Leia, and Han moment. That's what I loved about this opening. We get the gang together. They're working together on a mission. They yeah. clearly have this back and forth. They such a great use of of um of um. Well, I can't think of her name. Rose. Rose. I, I like the fact that Rose. Film, I think. Yeah. Honestly. I was looking at the script. I think she starts it. She's there. She's undercover yeah. still. Like she's been it. there for a while. Oh, yeah. Or Rose yeah. <laughs> threw her like in. So it's like they they have a refugee camp um, on this orbital ring or uh, on the planet that's the orbital ring is anchored to. And so she goes undercover for two weeks um, in the refugee camp um, meeting with people, which is fantastic imagery. Obviously, refugees that um, were. Are, are a huge issue now, but they were in 2016. Um, in There's the, a great BB-8 well, moment <laughs> in this uh, sequence. Yeah. Yes, when, um, I think BB-8 like uh, is on a down or on a down ship transport that's on fire, and he basically ejects himself and just floats to the void and barely makes it into the docking bay of the Star yes. right before they take off. Yeah. And it's fun because Ray is like, "We got him," and it's very Ray and BB-8 in that moment, which I love because I was like, "Oh, we're starting the film with Ray and BB-8." I think that's that's so central to what these films are. I feel like you know, in a lot of in a yeah. big way. So that's fantastic. And then we have on the the other side, we have uh, Chancellor Hux now. Um, I, well, actually, before I get there, I want to talk about Finn in this first act because, like, he he's teamed up with Rose a lot, and Rose is obviously highly skilled um, and motivated and focused and all this, but they sort of paint finn like a bumbling idiot like they they have like i guess it's supposed to be meant to be like friendly banter but like he can't do anything right and he's like oh i did it again like this clumsy you know like doesn't know anything about anything he's just kind of there um which is in stark contrast to how he finishes this movie but i i don't know i kind of hope for a little bit more for him at the beginning of this movie to you know maybe exemplify more of the growth that happened in in the last jedi but i guess last jedi hadn't happened yet so he hadn't seen it but what do you guys think about Finn in this? Again, place? I had problems with Finn's trajectory after seeing The Last Jedi. I was worried that he was almost too stagnant. But then Adam then reminded me that that film takes place like two minutes after The Force Awakens. Yeah. And so which, yeah. that kind which, of I wish cooled my jets on the whole, like, where is he going and what could he be doing? Because I really wanted him to be, you know, if he's not becoming a Jedi, either you know, wielding some kind of melee weapon again with the, with the blaster pistol and being this gallivanting hero. Like, that would be... Something big and huge, you know. I, mean, I really wanted something yeah. big for, yeah. for Finn. Yeah, it felt weird. Yeah, I, it felt weird at this script to have Finn backtrack. I feel to the kind of bumbling idiot because his growth that happens in the first two films happens pretty much in the last half or last third of the Last Jedi, right? Where he yeah. kind of learns yeah. that lesson and he becomes full throated. I am part. I am the rebellion, basically, right? right. Like I, I have, I have thrown off my shackles. I am now. Well, I almost feel like I'm that taking was a lesson down. learned in the Force Awakens. In a weird no, way. I disagree. I think his 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 whole thing that in the Force down. Awakens was was I am here to protect Ray. 
like I am here. I am just here focused on Ray, 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 right? Like that's yeah. the whole thing. Like, cause he, when he joins back up at Ta- Takodana, he's doing it just because he doesn't want Ray to be risked. And we see that continued in the last Jedi when he's just searching for Ray, right? This is the only thing he's abandoning the, the entire resistance just to save Ray. Right. And I feel like then he learns that lesson that it's bigger than that when he gets when he sees his 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 old master. Right. Again, I do believe it's a beautiful extension of what J.J. started. But I do feel like you could have weaved much of that into the idea of when he when he went back for Ray, much of his idea of that was almost symbolic of going back to the resistance. And I think he could have weaved that together and had that been form fitting and there and then move Finn on to huge stuff in the second. I a hundred percent and move I, the timeline and move the timeline. I think I hundred percent. That's what I would have done personally. Yes. I think, I think if you, if you had just jumped into the last Jedi, having him fully on board with the yeah. resistance, no one would have, no one would have questioned that. I agree. Right. Yeah. Instead, what we got was, I mean, this sort of more natural, this slower progression where it's like, okay, now you've like, you, you've, you're not a stormtrooper anymore. You know you want to be free. Now we're going to take a full movie to try to convince you to join the resistance. But then the and force like, stuff just felt so kind of uh, hodgepodge and just you know cobbled together last minute. Like it didn't feel like his force trajectory was done as well as it could have been based on yeah. what we saw with Kylo Ren in the first minutes of the Force Awakens, where you're like, whoa, there is something going on with this FN two one eight seven, this Finn character. Mm. In terms of the yeah. force, yeah, and yet that just doesn't play till the rise of Skywalker, essentially. Like, yeah, obviously. No. I mean, no, no, no. It was I mean, completely. You can, you're right. It was completely. Again, everyone's put interconnected out. with the force, and you can read the force in almost every relationship in these films. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there was there are explicit force moments, and I feel yeah. like there was an explicit force moment with Finn quite early in these films. Agreed. And then it's just not really executed upon till way too late. I feel like I yeah. I agree. That's I don't like to keep. A, Using this as and I don't use it as an excuse because an excuse means I'm 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 just discounting it. I think the one of the biggest missteps in the sequel trilogy is having The Last Jedi occur right back up against The Force Awakens. I really wish similarly the original trilogy take a year. Right. Where where's the resistance a year later? Because then you could have had because it doesn't bother me that there's Some no progression in the yeah. in The Last Jedi in terms of force development because it's a day later. He's only been he's only encountered Kylo for a day. They're pushing the same to, needle as they can right, push completely of, different yeah. needles and different right. games. And and, I mean, and, you're right. right. Like you started. I mean, I, I didn't even really notice it until you said that, Grant. But you're totally right. Like when he's like they when they see each other, mm-hmm. I thought it was just because he didn't fire his weapon. But like there's a force connection between Kylo like he understand and Finn and like really subtle. But it would have been something really funny to look back at, really fun to look back at. And there's no reason why. The, Ryan couldn't have developed that plot line more in the last Jedi. Um, and then it could he be, just a didn't little, want to, I guess not. And, and it, I mean, that could be John Boyega's gripe right there. Like there was this potential, I mean, a force wielding you know, black Jedi, you know, like resistance fighter that's going to be, you know, freeing people. Like why not tap into that a little bit in the last Jedi and set it up more for the final movie. And it, it was interesting because, I thought that actually JJ was way more heavy handed with his force sensitivity than uh, Trevorrow was. Um, there's, oh, absolutely. You know, it was really subtle in that, like really, really like there was sort of a force connection, but like Ray was so strong. She was having force connections with everyone in Duel of Fates. Um, but 
but like towards the end, you're like, oh, maybe there's more than something there for for Finn. But it's like, well, maybe, yeah, it, it would just why not make him another force sensitive like like Grant said. Well, I think you could have you, you could have, what I would have done that would have been really fun is make him almost the precog character, whereas Ray represents the warrior spirit and kind yeah. of the um, the fourth with like fighter of the group. Yeah. But he is almost he knows what's a bad situation and what's a good situation based on his kind of I don't know his feeling his sense of the the environment yeah. and situation and it'd be a different sort of Jedi a mentalist Jedi almost like it's just a different take on the Jedi and, and, therefore and he you could have see, used like, these, it in Canto you see these nascent forms of these different types of Jedi you could see a Sentinel a Guardian and a, a whatever a Consular you could see all these characters right which but we, just in these different characters right in these different actors you know that'd be, which that'd be really interesting almost get in the Rise of Skywalker because he's only just his entire film is him just using the Force as a gut right as a gut right. sensitive yeah, I, I think. think you could have done that early pretty much agreed he could have I done think... it in Ganto Bite he could have trusted yep. DJ immediately yeah there's something it, about this guy we need to you know use him or plot wouldn't have changed at all right it would have been the same plot he's just like for some reason I think we have to go with this guy yeah. even when he gets like he gets because even it's when he gets turned on and everything still works yeah. 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 yeah yeah and all that um, all right so on the uh, on the dark side um, as we mentioned we now have Chancellor um, Hux who is reporting to I loved this a council of other systems so much like the separatists had like a council yeah. of like major players the first order does and so it's this round table of like these really intimidating aliens and um, that he has to sort of like it's not a great job. They're all sneering at each other. It's a, they're they're yeah. labeled as warlords. It's it seems like a pretty dark or organization society yeah. and, here. And none of them respect Chancellor Hux, um, especially not Ugmot. Yeah, a shapeless noid, whatever that yeah. is. He in my mind, he's just like a splatter on the table. But he has, but he pounds the table with his tiny a shapeless hands. Noid? I need that bumper sticker immediately. I, I want to see this. <laughs> I know that that scene is so beautiful. Like just so one overarching comment is that I love how uh, aliens are used in, in Dula Fates. I love how uh, there's a lot more planets and there's a lot more aliens and um, yeah. and there's a lot more starships and they created a lot more stormtroopers like oh, sort brute of trooper figures. I need brute trooper figures. So yeah, those exist. At the end, so, they're called like Mandalorian brute troopers, which is like, whoa, 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 I'm whoa. I'm all in. I'm all in. Right. Trevor is after Lucas's heart with how many new toys there would have been. <laughs> yeah. A million new toys. There was one like Hello, uh, like TIE fighter, like a tele TIE fighter, like helicopter yeah. that they find. It's like, yeah, five new, you know, TIE fighters. They, you know, in the last act, they open up all these new weapons and stuff. And that's, Obviously, near and dear to my heart, but that was one super fun thing um, about this script. But um, so Hux is trying to sort of keep the iron grip on all this, but all of them are like, we know who the true power is. It's Kylo Ren. And then we find Kylo Ren in the same spot as he is essentially in uh, The Rise of Skywalker. We find him on um, uh, Mustafar uh, headed towards you know, scaling rocks and stuff headed towards Vader's castle. Much better introduction of Mustafar than what we got in the rise of Skywalker. Yeah, we and actually that's, I think that's Vader's castle. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, well, he like, so he goes up he was on Mustafar in rise yeah, of Skywalker. Right. We no, didn't even go to so the abandoned, abandoned castle on Mustafar. I mean, that's gold right there. Like, yes. Yeah. 
let it be haunted at that point. That's where you get the haunted aesthetic. That's where you get the motif of it being haunted is if he goes there when it's abandoned. Right. And it's it like Dracula's castle. It's cinema gold. We get exactly. Okay. And I feel bad because I feel like I'm like, I'm talking about how much I love the script. It's just the things I loved in it. To be honest, I, I'm not yeah. a huge fan. We'll get there, but I'm visuals. trying to like, There's a lot of visuals that, that are really intriguing. That work for me. But so, cause I, this is going to be a little like overboard. We get the one thing I really, really wanted in this scene, which was Luke is haunting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, and that's remember how much I talked dialogue. about. I it's wanted that for the last two yeah. years. And, oh, and it so was cool. in a script that almost got shot. And I'm like, Oh, I almost got the one I thing know. I wanted. Yeah. That was really good. Yeah. I mean, it would it be so much to ask to have just that one scene of like Kylo Ren scaling a mountain. And at the crest of the mountain, he looks out over the landscape and there's the unmistakable silhouette of Vader's castle, you know, like that would be so cool. Um, and of course, so he uses it to tie in the emperor in this scene where um, Kylo discovers uh, he's finding a Sith holocron, whatever. He he has verbal sparring with Luke, which is amazing. And in the, the holocron, there's a message for Darth Vader um, in the event of of I love this his demise was <laughs> sending him. I don't like, like the end of this. I like how it starts and yeah, I would yeah. have it garbled way earlier i was gonna say the holocron does not have a very good security system because it gets through 90 yeah. of its message before it realizes that's not vader it's like oh i should have said all that oops yeah, wait 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 forget that forget that now you're yeah now you're electrocuted yeah, um, finding a message like that they should have just damaged him immediately it should have just gone garbled and messed him up or something you know what i mean like yeah that would have been Instead of but giving away, sent him on his way. Yeah. yeah so yeah. the message tells him, "You will learn essentially a very Obi Wan Kenobi, you know, to Luke sort of way. You will be taught by the master who taught my master, Tor Valen, um, who lives on this planet." And then, and then the the divide, death device is like, "Wait, you're not Darth so Vader." Seen, but all right. <laughs> What's that? The, the most unpalpatine thing I've ever seen written so, on. Right, and it's not a very Sith thing either, right? It's just like, it's just I, just I hope like, you I hope die by. Oh, there's nothing beyond Palpatine. You know what but I mean? Like he has sapped all knowledge from everyone he's, you know, yeah. been in a mentorship with. Let's talk about the fact that Kylo's, and we'll get to this later. Kylo's journey in this movie is almost identical to Luke's journey in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, he gets he gets told by his master. He gets a master of master. He ends up in a vision cave. He ends up fighting Vader in a vision cave. Like, right. I, there's moments where I'm like, I either love this or this is way too on the nose, and I can't decide which. Yeah. yeah. And I could see us sitting around being like, wait, how did Kylo Ren know to go to that Sith holocron that was sitting in Vader's castle that Vader never looked at? Like, okay. And really, Kylo Ren hadn't been to Mustafar before with how obsessed he's been with with Vader. But anyway, so. That's something else that I feel was strangely bottled up in a a bad way in in terms of designing these sequel films. Because I was like, you need to get into that, the the dark side and the mysteries of the dark side. You kind of. You kind of don't do that when you do a puppet character in the second film and don't delve deeper into that stuff and slowly trickle it out. And then in the third film, it just explodes where it's all this Sith right. stuff. And I think Trevor almost painted that landscape with this script. And J.J. was like, whoa, I guess I have to do a little of this, you know, because he really do- he, he did a deep dive into that, into the Sith history. and Not the Sith history, but this, he made up an, a 4,000-year-old, you know, Sith lore monster yeah. on some crazy planet. Yeah. Like It yeah. got crazy, you know? And yeah. so I think he knew a lot of fans were jonesing for some sith you know stuff some some sith mysticism some sith some dark art stuff but i think 
I think that just weirdly wasn't trickled out as it as well as it could have been in kind of a slower way and a more focused way of like what it is that's that's there in the background. Right. Because it's just, oh, here's all the stuff that's been, you know, these guys have been pulling the strings in the galaxy for, you know, all this time. This guy's ancient on this world far away. Palpatine's back. He's been pulling the strings. It's like, what if you just kind of showed that in an interesting way? Although in, you could read into the meta and obviously Snoke is Palpatine, blah, 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 blah. blah. But yeah. nonetheless, it's just something it, that I feel like is it, needed, needed, but just kind of dumped out in the last film. Yeah, it did also. This this script made me really respect what J.J. did because. It was very clever. In a short amount of time, he and um, uh, what was the other scriptwriter's name? I'm blanking right now. Oh man, Chris Terrio. Terrio, Terrio, yeah, yeah. Like they, I mean, the fact that they put this this really slick script together that answered all these questions and solved the Leia problem, and you know, was I mean, obviously they had this script to, to go off of. But the fact that they use instead of the holocron, it was these wayfinders. That was, I mean, I don't know. That that's pretty smart. That script is streamlined. Yeah, like that's you're right. That script is pretty slick. Like that script yeah. goes a hundred miles per hour. It's pretty yeah. stout. It's ready you can't to go. catch your breath <laughs> in that film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Sith Eternal. Here's a Sith Eternal. Goodbye. Yeah. It's yeah. Just like, all right, well, all right. There, Wait, what? Got I it. have a got question. Okay. Eternal. I mean, of course, yes. It's my favorite. Are those Snokes in a tube? Wait, what? Yeah. Slow down. <laughs> Slow down. I just want to see that one more frame. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, yeah. So, are we on the second act of this script? Yeah, I think we're in this the second act at this point. Um, do, do you care to re- oh, wait, regale? No, us? So, so well, first of all, it, when Kylo goes to the oh right far, he does pick up that holocron, sees the message from Palpatine to Vader. Vader, they talk about that planet, Romnacor, or whatever it's called. And then Kylo gets, like, his face zapped by it, and, like, purple yeah. veins, like, basically yeah. appear all over his skin and, and down his neck. Sounds like hideously, then, hideously, hideously scarred. Yeah, hideously scarred from this event. And then he's gets a whole new mask. He basically gets, like, metal kind of uh, melded to his face, which is, yeah, like, wow, that's really painful. Like, okay. Yeah, Mandalorian steel, which we know is best car, but best he didn't. He's a best guard, but yeah. Right. For some I mean, reason, that gets put into his face. But he get, that cool. gets put into his face, and then he gets a mask after that. As over well. that, it's like yeah. yeah, yeah, over that. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. So he's I think it's like the, 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 the like right the black knitting we see, like you know, in the, in the movies that we know, I think is essentially he was going to have that be Beskar steel or whatever. Um, but I mean, yeah, his face was like leveled. He got the full Vader treatment. He got put on a gurney and like half dead taken to like these droids and like and resuscitated or his droid saves him and they, uh, and, and takes him away to get rebuilt essentially. And I think when that happens, he has a vision about Mortis because there's like this Mortis thing and it's, and it's unclear whether he's really going to go find seek out. Not yet. Not yet. He doesn't have the Mortis vision yet. That Uh, actually happens with poor Valum on Romnicor, which is, Oh, okay. Is that supposed to be Malachor? Is that is like was he going for that sort of a name? Like that? Is this, I think it's that but, sort uh, of name. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, because Malachor is just a legendary planet from Knights of the Knights of the Republic games. Right. The comics. Wasn't, but it was I mean, kind of retconned into being Korriban. Yes, and they have now retconned that they're both. Yes, they both existed. They're both the same oh, thing. Okay. They just went through it. They just changed the name somewhere along the line for some reason. <laughs> but Malachor is. Corvan is whatever. It's all the same. You're we, we are all um, together. 
the uh, sounds awesome. Yeah, though. he sees the, he sees Mortis later on, which is Mortis is kind of a big thing. We can talk about that at some point, but um, really want to focus on like the main group again, and then uh, especially given uh, the GQ article, Finn's trajectory in this script. Like, where 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 are we with the main group after that moment? Right. So similar to um, really, oh, they split up after this. Yeah, right. they split up. Empire stripes back. They take the the Death Star back, but then um, the First Order's hot on their trail, and they know that. And Le- Leia knows this, obviously, so she's like, "All right, abandon abandon ship again." So we get another abandoned base, um, and everyone piles into the, the everyone they can, but there are people left behind. Um, piles into the Star Destroyer. The Eclipse is the one that the the Rebellion stole, um, and 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 fly away. But before that happens, they get sent on separate missions. Um, R2-D2, C-3PO, which I love that they're way more integral in this script. They do a lot of things, which is fun. Um, and uh, Rose and Finn are sent to... Um, Coruscant. Coruscant, yeah. To, and and uh, yeah, C-3PO is like, oh, great, a civilized planet. It'll be lovely. You know, like, <laughs> it's sort of great. But, like, it's obviously infested with, like, you know, wolves and, you know, space wolves and it's covered in dust and there's like hovels built on, you know, um, opulent homes and it's, it's a wreck. Um, but they are sent there to, I think, try and deactivate the com the, the script communication scrambler. Oh, and actually to send out the, Oh, to discover the new, um, this, this old Sith or this old, um, Jedi. Jedi, yeah, communication system like this, like Grant said, the um, yeah. the flames of um, Rohan, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the this, is the, beacons, yeah. this is the beacons. MacGuffin in this yeah. movie. It's not a knife. In this case, the MacGuffin is a is a communication it's, beacon. It's it's reestablishing communication, which is yeah. super interesting. Um, I don't know if you guys played the video game Death Stranding, but that's that game is all nope. about reestablishing connection across. Oh. Uh, a country with you know a severed internet, severed connectivity. It's pretty interesting. Right. Coming in uh, 2022. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and it's interesting so... that that's a big theme here in this story. And obviously, there's the Lord of the Rings comparison because they are essentially trying to uh, trigger this kind of signal, this beacon, and just to transmit this signal that bounces off of an array of other beacons, I guess, on other worlds. And you at, at, later on in the film, I guess there's a projected message of, I think of Leia giving a speech. Right. Yes. right which to, is what all RG2 these people is carrying all across this the world. Yeah. yeah. What, what this film does in a way, or I think is better than the rise of Skywalker is that it establishes what rule under the first order looks like, right? Like we get a really lot of does. refugee camps. We get a lot of people who are very, it makes sense why there's a, why there's a rebellion willing to re, to step up immediately when we hear a voice of, of, uh, you know, of, of, re, of rebellion. Right. right. And, and very much picking up on where the last shot I left off. Um, Ray has become myth like very much yeah. in the same vein as Luke Skywalker. And it is spread across the galaxy already. Everyone knows about the last Jedi. Um, all of these refugees see her and know who she is. And they're willing to give their lives for her already. Like this, this, she is the beacon of hope and it's already spread throughout the galaxy, um, which is cool. That's kind of a cool way to look at all that. And, and to, push her character forward a lot and they but it's sort of like luke and ray they talk about them both as being these um revered presences 
Um, but so, yeah, I mean, and it's, so this is the most important mission, like you're saying, the MacGuffin. And also, so they send Rose and Finn on this mission. I mean, with the droids. And like, that's very, that's a not marginalizing those characters, right? I mean, that's yeah. their main thing. I like this more than what the Rise of Skywalker did with Finn. I think this is a huge part of the story. And it's a it's a planet that occupied all three of the prequel films. It's a planet that we know and that is huge to Star Wars history. And basically, yeah. anyone who does anything on that planet is going to be remembered throughout the galactic timeline, yeah. you know, forever. It's pretty I cool. I agree. I like I like this as a really fun plot. I love that Rose is there. I love what they do with Rose in this film. I love the fact that she's still Rose who she is. She's huge in this film. She's I also the her. she's also the comic relief of the film in some ways. Yeah, and I like very that. Funny. She's very funny in this. Um I will say the one thing I do one thing I like more in the Rise of Skywalker about Finn is that Finn is in a position of leadership. And I feel in this film he is just sent on a mission. And that is to me a little bit of a bummer as we get like, that's right. I think like, Poe is titled de facto leader at one point. Yes. In the script, and I'm like, Oh, I don't like that. And like, what we, like, and, oh, and, and like yeah. we get a moment of Finn. We'll talk yeah. about it in act three that I think is like really the most ham fisted illogical thing I've seen done with a character in a Star Wars movie, but it will get there a little bit. Cause apparently if you just talk to a stormtrooper, it's they'll, they'll, they'll just turn against everything and start their own rebellion. Yeah. But, I mean, I like what he was, I like what he was trying to accomplish, and I think in a later draft that would have done really well because that's what I kind of wanted to see in Rise of Skywalker that we didn't get, which is you know Finn leading the revolution of of like of of stormtroopers, right, freeing yeah. the, the the quote unquote slaves, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's they're pretty. I mean, they're pretty like standard rallying and rebellion scenes that he's in that like you'd see in any film where they yeah. do massive yeah. re like resistance, you know, rebellions and, and people rising up and things like that. And I feel like I, I get that stuff, but I do feel like in terms of screen time and like dramatics and how fun that would be to do as an actor, I think this film would be more fun as an actor to do because I think it would be huge scenes, yeah. really, 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 really fun beats where you're bleeding yeah. people and you're changing people's minds and you're, you're, you know, you're, you're helping rally this this massive resistance of refugees on this on this world. It's, it's, I just love that idea. Yeah, that character. No, I like that a lot too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this this could be second act, but we might be dipping into the third a little bit. But yeah, so he he does convert um, RK one three five or something like that, and he's like he's like first thing first. He's like you got to give yourself a name. That's the first thing, and um, they reunite later, it, it, like unbeknownst to um, to Finn. This one stormtrooper that he helped, you know, save his life and helped try to change his life uh, went off and rallied his people and been like, you know what, we've had enough of this. And they come back, they meet up again. He's like, my name's Rafe now, um, which is cool. And then all the stormtroopers take off their helmets and it reveals this really diverse group. And I mean, that would be a very powerful moment. I agree. I think you actually can marry these two scripts and and make it really the workaround is pretty easy because if you make Finn force sensitive, yeah. it makes more sense that him having a conversation with someone and saying, take off your mask. What's your name? Not necessarily a Jedi mind trick, but like a Jedi, like similar to like similar to Ray and 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 uh, Kylo going each other's minds, yeah. like freeing that programming, freeing him yeah. of his programming. And, and like I would like that a lot. And because I do love. The, the, that he kind of leads this person. It just is so ham-fisted to me. The, the like the two sentence interaction between him and Rafe. Right. Not not by the way, not Rake for some reason, but Rafe. Rafe. 
yeah, yeah, yeah RK is rake. Been rake, but whatever. I didn't even understand but, that scene. When that scene happened, I was like, "What is happening right now?" He exactly. Like, yeah. And I was like, "What? Why? He? Oh, he's telling him his name." I didn't even get the flashback yeah. humor of him telling him. I was like, "I don't even know what's going on." Yeah. But um, yeah. I like the just, idea. Just needs some punching up. Right. So yeah, the, on the uh, again, this is like good in in terms of of comparing the rise of skywalker to duel of fates yeah uh, in terms yeah. of what i would do i would, I would have made fin force sensitive and done a completely I, different trajectory but i'm just saying it's right, to be compared the, the problem between yeah. these two films yeah i, I agree because to me there's a third direction that there's a third than rail that's the most interesting but, yeah yeah i mean still the i mean but i'm sure if you went that direction grant you'd want him to still be a revolutionary i mean because I, I think the most powerful message you can send with finn's character is him doing an uprising, a rebellion amongst the essentially enslaved stormtroopers. Like, I, I think... Yeah, I just wanted something that was more like the Three Musketeers, where it's it's Rey is the first initial and maybe central Jedi of the story, but there's other people discovering the Force around her. Yeah. And those people are eventually going to become Jedi, most likely, or or become, you know, people who at least practice in the force and, and use it to some degree in different ways and so maybe finn is this kind of he's a different form of jedi essentially he's just he he's grip, gripping onto the force in a different way in the kind of yeah i don't know yeah just a different i would just do a different yeah. jedi right I so you so would you have him use sorry adam um to use the force to um enable that sort of that arc that rebellion arc so he would just be more of a, using utilizing the force to sort of help bring, you know, liberate the stormtroopers. Yeah, I think he would ultimately want to continue liberating stormtroopers, but I wouldn't mind if he got involved with the Kylo Ray story. Like I think that's what I'm fighting for initially event yeah. right now is that I want him to be almost central to the story in a big way. I thought it would be super poetic if he killed the emperor because he was a stormtrooper. Yeah. And it's like that, that was just a yeah. meme. To this guy who thought he had control over everything, that's the bit, that, that's the force playing a joke on him, being like, "Guess what? Just one soldier in your army can splinter through your your defenses and strike you down." And as a Jedi, in an interesting way, like, that, that would be really, really cool. cool. Yeah, I really love cool. that. I, Grant, I remember you bringing it up, like I think pre Rise of Skywalker, and I, I love that idea, and I think it would be so powerful. It's such a great arc for that character. We look at stormtroopers differently. They would have more yeah. cred. You'd yeah. be like, "Oh, stormtroopers! Like they're all, you know, yeah. they're all individuals like us." Even though right now we think they can't aim and they're just fools, you know. And it's just I feel like this would change everything. Honestly, I think part of what happened is that the sequel trilogy is so beholden to the original trilogy, and we see that in the Force Awakens. The Force Awakens for me works, does not work for me when it's trying so hard to ape a new hope, right? Like that's the moments where I get bored right. with that film. And I understand why you do that. I understand why you do that to revive a franchise because you, the three of us are very, you're not your typical star Wars movie goer, right? Like they're not, we're not the people that got that movie to be, make billions of dollars in the, in the movie theater. So you got to remind the masses, like here's your nostalgia, here's your way in, and I wish what had happened after the rise of, or after um, that movie is understand that now you can innovate and you can go in new and different directions. And I love the Last Jedi for a lot of reasons, but one thing I I will not say it does is innovate in some ways. I feel like it it it, it weirdly for a movie that is so dis 
disliked by a certain group, I feel like it actually does play pretty close to the original trilogy themes in a lot of ways. And I like this idea. And I think part of it is not even the ideas, but it's just like, well, the first movie only had one Jedi, so we can only really have one Jedi in this film. Right. As opposed to let's make it more of an ensemble. Let's let's go yeah. the ensemble, like the true ensemble route and have multiple Jedis and have multiple force users. The first movie is called The Force Awakens. Not one person becomes sensitive in the force. Right. Like it says the yeah. force awakens. Right. That's a good point. And I mean, I, th- I think what you're alluding to is like another Death Star. They essentially use the Death Star again. Yeah. Which is, oh, like, yeah. That third. Sure they could film. have come up with something else to sort of, you know, establish that. But um or even like his in this uh, in the Duel of Fates, they actually do have planet killing uh, abilities built into Star Destroyers um, like the first one as well. They just casually sort of throw it in there. And um, I mean, if they had done that, then, you know, maybe that that could have been just as, you know, just as good. They could have had a space war and, you know, they destroy Hosnian Prime with those those weapons instead of a, a planet killing machine. Yeah. Um, or a sun sucker or whatever. But um yeah. All right. Do you want to go to the other half of the ensemble? What happened here? Um, we have so the the other part of the group. Well, we have Leia on taking the whole rebellion on the eclipse uh, towards uh, also towards Coruscant. Well, oh, no, she has her they're, they're traveling, but she goes on a side mission to go find Lando, um, which is interesting. And then we have um, Ray, Poe and Chewbacca. Uh, go on a mission to find um, one of Poe's old acquaintances that's a navigator from his spice running days. I forget what, what he doesn't really say, you know, oh, it's one of his flyboys. Like he doesn't really have the whole Kajimi um, storyline yeah, in here. It's a spice but... digger. It's someone who used to locate where the spice would go by using the force. They were in a force yeah. adept of some kind. Right. Yeah, that's I'm just thrown you, out I, there. Yeah, that's just thrown out there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, but that is. That's pretty cool. So they go to this and it's it's a very Pisana-esque um, scene. And it, where they go and, and find this woman, except instead of finding Lando. I'm a little rusty. I haven't sports. read the script. In, and at this point, they're officially looking for Mortis. Like they like she has had the Mortis vision and that's right. they're going. Oh, okay. so she's had the yeah. Mortis vision. Yeah. Right. So she's a step ahead of Kylo in that respect. Um, and, and then Kylo <laughs> goes to that planet. Right. But there's something because they both see it. Because why does Ray go to Mortis? I I thought it was because she fight, they fight she the Knights a, of Ren. The Knights of Ren are in this script. We haven't mentioned. Oh that. yeah, they are in this yeah. script in a huge in a big way. One of them has the Very dark saber. Yeah, and one of them has yeah. a dark saber, which I thought was cool. It was a cool tie-in because yeah. I was like, oh, the dark saber's still out there. He's got it. I thought that was kind of cool. But then again, uh, no, I, you know, I, I was thinking we'd have to change hands fast, but no, no, no. I think no. It, yeah, someone could have like gotten at that point. Thirty years, yeah, now. yeah. Someone could easily, easily. Hecrona he, he, or what? Heck, what was the uh, lead Knight of Ren's name? I forget. Hakana or something Hakana? like that. Hakana. Yeah. Hakana. Yeah. So and they that, had names. There was only four of them. There was like Jay, Jason, or Jamin, yeah, who was Jadic, like a navigator Jadic or something. Jadic. Jadic. Yeah. Jadic. And then there was. Like, like different Ot, name, different names than the one we got Lauren? in the visual dictionary, I believe. Yeah. Totally different. Yeah. yeah, and then two twins that fight like in symbionts um, that yeah. that do things. But their their leader um, is gets is, is I think force sensitive, and he gets like plugged into a sensory deprivation machine on there. He can, he can. It's track called the Knife across. Nine. Yeah, he can like he can track 
where you go in hyperspace, right? That that's the point of that chamber, right? Is he yeah. sits that person sits and meditates in that chamber, and if you go off into hyperspace, they know then where you, where to go and plug plug the location into their navi computer. It's yeah. it's pretty interesting, but it's a lot. You know what I mean? It's almost like Looper, where it's like telekinesis is a part of this too. It's like it's a lot to just kind of mm. throw at your audience, where it's like here's more intense mysticism that like this guy can track these people by using the force. Right, uh, yeah, I'm into it. I'm into it. It's just a lot to add those kind of elements in in with new characters right away. I guess that I guess that's warranted though. They were they've been in the story for a while. Like the Knights of Ren, we've known them since the Force Awakens. But it, I think somewhere in here, um, Kylo Ren has the vision of Mortis, and that's how Ray sees it, and that's how she knows she has to go beat him there. So here I figured. So I got it. Um, oh, thank. You. So. I got it, and now I'm reading real quick. So I think what's happening is that um, Kylo is getting surgery done. This is when he's actually getting his like his face oh, mask yeah. done, and and Ray is in the Jedi dojo meditating, and she feels it, and then has a kind of a vision. But it's weird. I like it that scene where she touches her face. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I was like, I always wanted to like if you were to have that that connection, that force bond. Yeah. How interesting would it be if someone's in excruciating pain or or how would you feel if you they were in excruciating pain and you were just right, you know, if you felt that pain the, yeah. through that tactile transmission. Or so what's interesting is yeah, so he they both have the vision. Um he they're they're in a temple together. There's two thrones. Sound familiar? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of overlap in this, yeah. this between this script and the rise of Skywalker, which makes me feel like she they already them, built yeah. some of this. <laughs> yeah. so what happens is she sees uh herself get struck down by by kylo. kylo and then she reaches out to luke to see what's going on um basically she tells luke what's going on luke said you saw the future ray said kylo saw it too i could feel him like uh, he was there with me luke says where and ray just says mortis so we don't know why she knows it's mortis um, and we don't and they just like know... nonchalantly talk about Mortis and it just like yeah. breaks everything. <laughs> yeah, like, I think Luke doesn't like, Luke do the exposition on Mortis. Yeah, like they like, was someone they, they both... had like an expo scene after that where they, they were. Just, yeah, like, let me just I'll just read to you. What do you know about Mortis? Adam She's like, well, I know it. it was, you know, whatever. exactly. Yeah. So Luke <laughs> says, what do you know of Mortis? Ray says it's an ancient place from a time before the Jedi, before the Sith, two thrones, two powerful beings, one of darkness, the other of light. Together, they brought balance disbelief. But it's a myth. Luke said, so was I, if you remember. And then Luke says, beneath the temple of the Morris lies a blah, 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 blah. So like, so it's just, a, it's a lot of exposition for a force ghost. And it's weird because Ray also knows all this stuff. And I guess it's from the t books because she does from use the, the books. Yeah, the text. The text, I mean, so. it's also a little inaccurate too, because there's really three thrones. There's the father. There's at least three thrones, right? The father and then the, the, the son and the daughter. And which is interesting that like so they, they showed this in the Clone Wars uh, animated series and um, Anakin and Ahsoka and Obi-Wan go there, which is sort of like the father, the daughter and the son too, sort of in its own sort of like mirror weird. But um, and so that's the only other place where we learned of this. But this is essentially the seat of all force power. This was the, the first force users, the birth of the force. These are gods of the force and, and their home planet. We don't see them in this script, but apparently the planet's still there and there's this power to be tapped, but it ultimately is never tapped. Yeah. So we also get and I'll mention it because we'll get to it. We get a discussion of balance, which is interesting, right? Mm -hmm. Because we don't get a lot of balance discussion 
in much of the other movies. And so here's what we get. Um, Luke says, the force guides us towards balance. It doesn't always show us what we want to see. Ray scoffs, petulant, angry. Ray, balance. Dark suffocates the light. Light extinguishes the dark over and over. How is that balance? Luke said, I know that anger. I had it. My father had it too. And Ray, Ray said, so says my master and his master before him. A thousand masters. So eager to tell us how to live. So we like get, we're yeah. getting like, we're getting a lot of pushback by Ray. And this leads to yeah. something that I think is really interesting. And another reason I think the script did not fly was not going to take off. And we'll get there a little later. Well, oh, oh, well, obviously, because. <laughs> well, we just get it. I'll say we get a get rid of full balance range by night. What is this? We get a gray Jedi Knight in this. In right. This. Ray is a gray yeah. Jedi Knight. We essentially, get, this is the gray Jedi story, essentially. Where mm-hmm. she, yeah. where, uh, well, that scene, I I get why that's, why this movie was not made, because there is a scene at the very end here where... Well, let's just, it, let's just talk let's about just, it, because we're talking well, we about go, it now. We go to the astral plane in this, <laughs> yep. in this script at some point, and basically every Jedi that you've loved your entire life and yep. since childhood tells Ray that she got it right and they all they got it wrong, wrong and that they should have embraced the good and the bad because it's natural to have the good and the bad inside of you yeah. and that Ray everything just... they've done in life was for naught because you're we all have good and bad and that's and that she is smart to embrace both sides she's essentially a great jedi at the end yeah of the story. yeah yeah and that's going to be the basis going forward which is controversial to say the least and i mean I can just see like the spittle coming out of Pablo Hidalgo's mouth being like, there's no such thing as a gray Jedi. I, I uh, looking forward. I have trouble. I have trouble sometimes <laughs> thinking about how I would have reacted to something when I read it as opposed to seeing it on the screen. Right. I would have been, this would have broke me guys. I just going to be honest that this is the story yeah, this, we got. This, this, the this ending, movie I, was not made. It's the scene. I like, a, I just, no. I like I, the idea of talking about like, okay, can I just, I'm just apparently reading this now to okay, her. I, guess. I have just... the page open. Can I just read right, you this yeah, thing? Read this, read All right. this. Page Obi-Wan. I like that Obi-Wan's first, though. I do have to say. I like it's, the Obi-Wan's first. Page 122 of 128. So this is like the last three minutes of this movie. This is what you get. Ray, is this death? Because this is when she's like, she's dying. Obi-Wan, in this place, there's no such thing as death. Ray, I can see. Obi-Wan, your true self is free of suffering, free of pain. Yoda, taught us much you have. Here we go, guys. Oh, Ray, boy. I've taught you. Yoda, mm, succeeded where we have failed. <laughs> Narrow was our point of view. Luke, you chose to embrace the dark side and the light to find balance within. Yoda, coexist they much, as such feelings do in, in all of us. Ray, but if I'm here with you, and then it talks about her deciding whether or not to live or die. Um, <laughs> There's another yeah. dark part of balance. I mean, that's just odd. That's just kind of zany and crazy to do that because it really kind of defeats the purpose of a lot of the films. If you just do a great Jedi arc where it's like, oh, uh-huh. everything the films comment on have nothing to do with with the great yeah. Jedi of just exploring yeah. your all those eight. Films that's the, were the problem is the, the, the two schools of thought, the Sith and the Jedi are about navigating that fundamental idea that, yes, you are light and dark. You don't need to. Yeah, you're either start light or dark. You yeah. start, you know, and then um, uh, another weird part about balance in this is that, like, I think Leia at one point kind of gives the OK to kill her son at some point is like balance. It's part of yeah. balance. Like, don't you understand, Ray? Like, it's OK. Some people like I know he's too far gone. Like she yeah. kind of succumbs to the balance of taking out Ben. And I was like, what? 
I was like, wait, what? Like, what? What does balance mean to these people? Like, I, there was no. I don't know. I feel like that, no that validates the tent scene in Last Jedi though a little bit. I don't know, right. or it just increases your your furor, Grant. But um, because it's that's what that's what Luke saw. It was just like, oh no, like this guy's beyond saving. No, yeah, I and don't... Leia's like, yeah, he is. Like, kill my son. I mean, yeah, in a very nihilistic way, it would <laughs> validate the. It would really double down on what was started with like this guy is the worst, and we yeah. have to try to take him out. Like, I right. get it, but I don't know. I always felt like that connection wasn't mined and if you want to mine it you probably want to mine it in a really sympath like a sympathizing and positive way or you know she's the redemptive part of ben you know and right so, which she ultimately ends up being but yeah this is kind of a misdirect here where it's like this is like oh yeah part of balance is just taking him out i don't know if you have that page adam i, I vaguely remember that page i, I don't so i made yeah. remember what i'm notes. talking about I, t- I, I put the yeah. script into my Kindle and took copious notes, thinking like every other book, I'd be yeah. able to export them and look at them. And it didn't work. Um, oh, let me go dig into my I, notes right now. Know. I have a few notes. In my it doesn't phone. work, unfortunately, when you have PDFs. It's yeah. only when you get like the... All right. well, while you guys are, are perusing footnotes here, I'll just sort of catch people up. Um, so Leia absconds for a minute and goes to try and find um, uh, Lando. Lando is now just a humble like club owner on a... Uh, occupied planet um yep. just trying to survive he has to serve stormtroopers it's like a stormtrooper bar and he's just taking their money and she's like we need pilots um and you should come join us and he's like no <laughs> and so she leaves right up yeah um and then you know so she goes back um kylo goes on a training mission with Tor Valium Valum. So we that we, also doubles down on some of the last Jedi stuff, by the way. Lando just saying no to Leia and kind of not yeah. answering her call. You know, I it's bleak. It's bleak and it kind of doubles down on that bleakness that began in the last Jedi where it's at least rough for the resistance. Yeah. From the Rise of Skywalker, I at least understand why Lando did not respond, why Lando's out of the game. He lost a child, right? Like to me, that is that's he, he basically went through a similar thing that Luke and Leia, right. Luke and Han went through, right? And he, he I decided, still have no idea why he's on Basana in that sand crawler. He just yeah, yeah. honestly I have no idea why he's there, but I think he, he went just, there just, on like, a mission so unlando to me. Well, yeah. not when you lost your daughter, right? You lost your child, so I think he just he just gave up. He was just there, that happened, and he's just like, I guess I live here now. Like I think he's just been lost for twenty some odd years. That I mean, valid point though, Grant. Obviously, yes. Um, I thought he owned so, a moon or something. Very, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I would have loved that too. Again, the third path is probably the right path. <laughs> right. I was get. pretty crestfallen when I saw that scene. I was like, oh gosh, but obviously it was to set up, but his later redemption. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah. Then so Kylo, there's the Kylo training sequence with Torvalum. He goes to that planet, sees Torvalum, who's this like creature that's seven thousand years old. And this creature teaches him how to suck the life force out of living things um, to keep yourself alive, uh, which is an interesting sort of reversal on what we get in Rise of Skywalker, where it's more focused on giving your life force to other people. Um, and he, you know, so and then part of the training is uh, Kylo goes into a cave, like we mentioned, and he fights Darth Vader in this cave, very similar to Luke on Dagobah. Um and he loses though, yeah, instead of you know, to him. Yeah. yeah, by Vader, which is like his fears. And in these th- that's a common sequence through the first two um, acts of this film is like they're 
their visions are of their fears. It's like of what they fear most. And, and, you know, yeah, and yeah. so it's, right. it's not really these forecasts. It's just this sort of like, this is your fear, which is like, could be, I mean, that could sort of retcon how we think about Anakin and his visions of losing his mother. Um, I do and, have to and say, then losing yeah. Amidala. and when it comes to visions of fear, I think this film does a far better job of connecting Ray to her parents and the event of being stranded on abandoned on Jakku and all of that stuff. I feel like that was just so much just just done in a way that felt very connective to the force awakens in a way that I was like, Oh wow, this is all coming back around in a very connected way where obviously I don't like the outcome of a lot of what that flashback leads to, but it's just interesting that it cuts back to the rain and the Knights of Ren and the rain and kind of answering some of those questions yeah. of yeah. being like, why are we seeing them in the rain right now? What is this shot? Why does this shot matter? Yeah, that shot then, does, does not exist for any that purpose. That shot does not matter at this point in, in the sequel. In Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. No. Yeah. It, I agree, though I'm still like... No, I don't like what they said, do with it, though. I don't like, no, the, I don't like the outcome. But I do I do like that they cry connected a little more, but at the same time, like, so wait, why? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, yeah. why? Like, well, it's still like... Unfairly. Well, I think it's because Kylo Ren's not worth saving, right? It's I guess yeah. the, it really... This script is incredibly dark. That's why this script did not yeah. get it. It's yeah. incredibly dark. It feels it like a Zack Snyder film. It basically just admits that Kylo Ren is a murderer and that he's he must yeah. be, he must die. And then the main character is like, I must accept the darkness in us. Yeah. But they're like the sympathy and kind of romanticism that was set up in The Last Jedi isn't really like carried forward in this script. So like you don't feel like you feel no remorse for Ben or for Kylo. You're like, I just no. don't care at all yeah. about this character. Whereas like, yeah, you leave Last term, Jedi no, you, thinking you think he's he might cool. be You think he's like cool looking probably or like a cool aesthetic of being the cyborg Jedi. Yeah, yeah. You probably think that's cool. But other than that, there's like nothing there for you to grab onto that right. you, you well, care we, about. We, we tackled this a lot in between Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, which is like, what is the trajectory of Kylo Ren? And I mean, there was this sort of tantalizing, does he get redeemed? Does he not get redeemed? And I mean, one of those outcomes that we talked a lot about was him going over full the dark. edge, unredeemable, yeah. full dark. And that's what this, that's, that's kind of what this is. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like him, like, you know, what you saw, those redeemable moments, that was all an act. He was just trying to play you. Maybe he feels this connection for, you know, with you for whatever reason. I think um, the only way you can do that, screw that script though, where he is this, um, he is this, just plague of a leader, this kind of uh, uh, this this horrific dictator. I feel like uh, you would have to do an early clash between Ray and Kylo uh, to kind of belittle him early on, just so he can't be so tyrannical and dark. Because you can easily have if, if he's if he's unrestrained and just going down the dark path, you can get, you're going to get very dark very quickly. Whereas yeah. if you throw Ray at him early in the script and you do a little lightsaber clash going on, he's going to be occupied with that and her in his head. And you and you don't have to go as dark as what this script does. I feel like, yeah, got it. That's kind of that's how I would I would I, restructure right. The script. Instead, like it's that. sort of like they had that clash in Force Awakens, and he was like, "That was enough." And then, of course, obviously they team up. I think Last Jedi. I think JJ was smart to do a kind of clash and another coming together moment like i yeah i like the death star fight i think it was perfectly timed where it is in the script is really smart because it's like if yeah. you throw them at each other early on in the script then they think about each other more often and you're yeah you're carrying on what happened in the last jedi essentially where they're very central and they're kind of constantly being Agreed. cut between 
one thing I do really like about the script is it, after that vision happens and he gets his butt handed to him by Vader, he comes out and just straight up kills Torvalum. <laughs> yeah. And that's such yeah. a Kylo move. It's such a it's such yeah. his like he has a temper tantrum, but learns like a giant like force like dark side maneuver out of it. And I kind of appreciate that. It's a fun yeah. parallel to the Force Awakens too, and kind of like reaching into someone's mind and getting yeah. information from them, but also killing them. I don't know. He does. Yeah. He gets, so he gets mortis you, from him in that moment. That's where he sees. Do you mortis. like this grant? Cause I was thinking about this and I was like, Oh, Grant's going to hate this scene. I think he sees mortis in that moment. I, so uh, he's told, like, so he actually I, straight up asks, where's mortis and Torvalum tells him. And then I like the idea of this Torvalum character, but I don't like the idea that it's like this Lovecraftian or this like eldritch kind of tentacle armed. I don't know what, what it is. Just I love it, but creature. I don't like that. I, I, I would you love aliens. Be... No, I do like aliens. I just feel like I don't know. I, I don't know why you don't just read. You wanted a human? Like is that Plagueis, what you have from? Like Plagueis or something. No, I, I don't mind an alien. It's just something something strange, it, but human I... 2001-esque. I don't know. I don't know. I think you could do something interesting in that. Great. I agree with you. It felt weird to me. I'm like, who is this character? And this is the person that trained yeah, Sidious. Like it felt weird. I, I get and it. It's trained like, Plagueis. Plagueis, I mean, sorry, trained Plagueis. Um, so the weird thing also that I feel is like, so this guy or thing has been alive, sitting on this planet for 7,000 years. Like, who is this? What is this thing? And I'm like, and I'm also just like, so there's this other giant powerful force user that's just been hanging out on a planet. And I'm like, I part of me thought, like, why don't you just make it a make it a Sith ghost? Right. We've established in the in in previous like we've established in what Clone yeah. Wars that you get Sith ghost, you got Sith Bane ghost Bane. Yeah. Like that would have been like more of just like and then he could have just sapped the power of the force ghost where I'm just like, that makes me feel better. That there's just a, this, in you know, um, non-corporeal being on a planet as opposed to there's just another living force being hanging around. It just I don't know. It felt weird to me. Like, okay. just that didn't and this random thing that happened. Much. I actually sort of I sort of loved who he was, what he was. I, I mean, love, why he's yeah. there is like obviously questionable. The part that I had problems with was like, so Kyle, this punk was just able to kill him like, oh, you he taught him his power and then he killed him with it. I mean, that's yeah. also that's very Darth Plagueis the wise sort of, you know, literature like, oh, he taught him everything. But like how to cheat death. But like. It just seems to me that it's like, like I have lived for seven thousand years, and he's like, "Cool." He gets choked out. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, I'm going to use the power you just taught me five yeah. minutes ago, and then and be better at it than you." Like, that just I don't know that it, it seemed because I know Grant. The reason I brought it up to you is because I know you had problems with the like the death of Snoke. You're like, "Wait, that's it?" Like he was able to just do that, like just kill. No, no, I like the death of. I think that's one of the best moments in that film. Oh, okay. Uh, I think my problem with with that film is uh, is the it's just the Kylo and Luke stuff really. It's and, just the ten and Luke just stuff. not playing against Snoke in a big way and no no lightsabers clashing in that moment. There's just there's a few things. Yeah. But anywho, um, yeah, that was I I had a little bit of an issue. I'm like, okay, so then Kylo's so strong, I guess he's able to, or I guess he's more youthful and whatever, and is able. Yeah. To- he just that. tapped in fully to his rage. That's kind of what I got out of it. And he's fully full dark okay. side. He would have had Sith eyes in that moment. I think at that, I think it's a good, I agree, Ben, when you start similar to other parts where I'm like, when you start logicking it out, you're just like, this doesn't track. Right. But I thought it was a good visual moment of like, like clearly if you want to go full dark, this is the moment where you realize that, that he yeah. is now the Sith still though. Can I say one thing? He still doesn't get us a, a Darth name in this yeah. film. 
Neither film gave Kylo a Darth name, which is super weird to me that he's so obsessed with his grandfather and and is like being manipulated by Palpatine and never takes a Darth name. Yeah, you'd think he would have given himself one. Yeah, but instead Kylo Ren of all things. Well, I thought that's what the Ren was. Honestly, I thought the Ky- I thought Kylo Ren was the Darth name essentially. But it's not literally Darth. Like I understand. Like I like could have oh, been right. Darth Ren. That's just weird. They didn't just take that. What is the deal with the Knights of Ren? Like, when did they begin? Like, the comic doesn't really say. They're like a they're no. like a ragtag band of warriors outside the Sith and yeah. outside Snoke yeah. and outside Palpatine, who yeah, kind of just sure. join up with them at some point. Well, I mean, not necessarily outside Snoke, right? Because he sort of led a trail of breadcrumbs for uh, Ben to find them in the canon, right? All right. Every time and, we say Snoke, though, we're really saying Palpatine. Yes. Well, try not well, to hurt that, yourself thinking about wait, that, uh, but. You, Oh, it doesn't I, hurt at all. I'm just like, wow, okay, movies, I mean, this is what you're doing. All right. I mean, well, yes or no, because we don't really know the true nature of Snoke yet. I'm of the we mind don't. that there was a real Snoke, and then he was cloned, yes. like, later, was, like, completely Snoke confused. Snoke, a Star Wars story? Is that what you're asking for right now? Or a book. Yes. Give us a comic. Give us a book. I, comic. I, yeah. I'm of the exact Animated opposite series? line, that he is just a homunculus, that he is created full flesh out of, he is yeah. just a meat puppet for, uh, for, yeah. 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 Right. So, I mean, it so works essentially when you say too. Snoke. So, Adam, you would agree with me, though, when someone says Snoke, they're essentially they're talking about Palpatine. Yes, I think I think Snoke is always speaking with Palpatine's voice. I okay. think Palpatine's right. literally let's just, puppeteering. Let's just him. stop playing games here. Let's <laughs> call people by their real name. All well, right? no, because Ben has the completely valid opinion that Snoke is a real being with thoughts and emotions and so ability to think for himself. My question is, are the Knights of Ren outside of Palpatine's manipulation control no. him speed. no i don't Not based on or yeah okay so I, I they are an incarnation of yeah so they they're are an incarnation tool. of uh okay of the sith then they're basically basically sith essentially. well they're a tool like <sighs> the night sisters are not a tool but the they the knights of ren are a tool right and like the inquisitors uh, yeah. inquisitorius is a tool they're a tool but they, uh, they, they every time you say tool, free, I'm trying not, not to get free. I'm trying not to get negative. But anyway, um, it's just like why? Like we all know what the main courses are when it comes to Star Wars, it's Sith and Jedi. Like I don't know why we beat around the bush with these other factions and then never really explain them when you could just go for the the meat and potatoes. You know, like you could go for the well, that's Sith. The, you, you I know? think you don't. I I personally love the diversity. I love the Night Sisters. Oh, I love I love, I love faction yeah, sort of all that thing. stuff. I love. I'm just saying. When they serve, when they basically serve that intended purpose of of the Sith Eternal and like Palpatine. Well, I don't think they, I don't think they know they're doing that. I like, I don't think they know they're doing that. I think they're like, essentially, you know, Blackwater, you know, Force users that are just like zealots that have been are hired on this mission. You know, they they're their own cult of Ren, and Kylo has been able to infiltrate that, and this is sort of his seat of power. Um within another seat of power and you know they're just sort of so they just got roped into this whole thing i don't think they're robe carrying members of the sith eternal yeah similar to ben's thoughts about snoke i feel like the knights of ren existed prior to being manipulated by palpatine right or and or snoke but at some point he saw them as again we're gonna use the word tool saw them as a way to use to manipulate and use them as a tool to kind of get everyone to get red to get kylo to start falling to the dark side and we see that in the comic right that snoke pushes right. him to, to the knights of ren to try to have him fall either far, further or 
basically Palpatine does, right? He sees them as a way to corrupt him. Yeah. But, what, but who are the Knights of Ren? The Darth name was kind of uh, retired, whereas Ren became this new yeah. thing. They kind of didn't, it didn't like, I, I, it didn't catch on in a big way, really. Like Kylo no. Ren just felt, it felt so no. strange that he was, especially in The Last Jedi when they're just, they're absent entirely from the script. And you're just like, okay, but he's Kylo, and he has these Knights of Ren somewhere. Like he's part of this, these knights, but. But he's obsessed with his grandfather named Darth Vader. He's obsessed with becoming strong on the dark side. In the third movie, he's he's in in both movies, he's tracking down and becoming more and more. He's either he's either trying to figure out what's going on with Palpatine in Rise of Skywalker, or he's tracking down that would a have been Sith an Lord. incredibly that would have been a great scene if it, if a Palpatine anointed him Darth Ren or something like that. Even if he movie. didn't take it. Like, even if he just, because he feels like, I love that in, in The Rise of Skywalker, that he's never really completely under Palpatine's control, right? He's always kind of just like, no, I'm going to kill this dude. Um, like, I like that we would have just <laughs> taken the name and even walked out and still called himself Kylo Ren uh, and everywhere else. But in front of, in front of, he's like, yes, I'm Darth, you know, petulant. I would say, I mean, first of all, <laughs> his name would, would be, be Darth, Darth Kylo. Um, because, like, when in the comic book, he's like, I have a name picked out in his mind. And that yeah. that that name was Kylo, sort of like yeah. Killer Kylo, Kilo, Darth Kilo, <laughs> um, but Kylo. I think that's I think that's what his Sorry. Darth name would be. Yeah. Obviously, the Knights of Ren and the whole Ren um, suffix doesn't have the legs of the Sith. I mean, that's you know tens of thousands of years old, and Ren is just like this sort of I don't know offshoot cult um, that happens to, to be doing things. But I agree with you. It would be cool if we could get a Darth. I mean. It it is sort of odd that they didn't loop in a Darth nomenclature for Kylo slash yeah. Ben, especially Darth because Ben actually would have been great too, <laughs> as far as I'm ben. concerned. Especially again because the Palpatine is trying to fakely manipulate Kylo into being his new apprentice in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, right. It's just odd to me that there's not a scene, and what of me is like. Is there in the three hour cut? There's probably a scene where he refers to he actually gets anointed. Well, we know the best acted scene in all of Star Wars is when Sidious anoints Anakin in the prequels. That is, I mean, Ian McDermott deserves an Oscar. I totally disagree. I think the best scene is is the opera scene in the same movie, but close enough. Yeah, Sith has some of the best moments and the worst moments in all of Star Wars. Well, similar to Rise of Skywalker. The title that that Pal, that Sidious is dangling in front of Kylo in at Exegol is Emperor. You know, it's like, oh, this right. is that's the real carrot on the stick for him. But it would have been a nice added thing. He's like, and if you kill Ray, you will be dubbed Darth Meow Meow. That's your last trial, right? The trial to become a Darth and join us in the legacy of the Sith, that sort of thing. Yeah, it would have been fun to hear him say Darth. That's for sure. Just hear him say Rise Darth. Yeah. Yeah, right. so much fun. Yeah. Well, anyway, so we digress. Um, just that's all he's got, too, right? That's like what he can do, right? That's what yeah. he can serve. He can right. anoint people, right? Because he's a dark lord of the Sith. Yeah. Like, a- another Jibar <laughs> comes out to control his <laughs> yeah. sword arm. and like, <laughs> He's like a total puppet. Yeah, it's like Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> Darth so, Vader 2. Yeah, Darth Vader. <laughs> Vader. <laughs> Darth Darth Vader. Uh, yeah. Apparently, there's a giant kyber crystal still underneath the uh, the grounds of the Jedi yeah. Temple that no one's right. 
taken to do anything with. I think make so, that, see, that, they didn't read their canon because I'm almost certain Palpatine like took every artifact out of that temple. Well, but, he was uh, trying to make a giant Death Star and they were mining Kyber crystals out of Jedha, <laughs> so I don't know why they didn't just take yeah. the one underneath the... Maybe they couldn't find it, man, or they never thought it was there. All uh, right. Let's just set the stage for scene uh, Act Three here because we've already covered a lot of it. But yeah. um, so essentially, the uh, the eclipse is now gone to Coruscant to join the fight. Um, uh, Rose and Finn have been separated. Rose gets tortured. Uh, actually, probably the best line in the script is like, "Have you ever seen one of these before?" When she's strapped to a torture table, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I got one of these at home." Yeah, <laughs> there was a couple wisecracks that are just like. Pure Han Solo, they're fantastic. Yeah, I loved it. Um, Yeah, her torture scene's great. I think Uh, we can all agree that Rose is incredible in this film. And in comparison to The Rise of Skywalker, I much prefer the Rose in this film. There's no doubt. You mean the the two and a half minutes she's in Rise of Skywalker? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I want to make sure it's No, you go. I'll stay here for reasons. Yeah, Yeah, uh, completely marginalized in in Rise of Skywalker and completely central to the uh, story in Duel of Fates. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting, actually, that, I mean, this character, you know, probably Kelly Marie Marie Tran wasn't even um, cast at this point. They were just like, oh, yeah, this character is going to do awesome things. Um, And it never came to fruition. Anyways, I don't know how she gets free. Um, Oh, yeah, I do know, actually. She, uh, yeah, she was like pretended to be dead and then stunned a guy and escaped. Um, And then uh, meanwhile, uh, Finn is weapon one. Yeah, yes, yes, <laughs> very lethal. Actually, that's probably the best. I was trying to think of a good analog for her. But yeah, maybe uh, Yippie Kaye. She's kind of the Bruce Willis of this movie. Um, but uh, anyways, um, yeah, so Finn also. So in addition to sort of planting the seed among, you know, dissension among the ranks of stormtroopers, he also finds this underground like enclave of thousands of warriors that have been waiting for their moment on um, on Coruscant. Mm-hmm. And and then they, you know, co- that combined with the Star Destroyer, they decide to try to take out Coruscant as an inspiration um, for for the galaxy and also to fire up this communications device, which Rose ultimately does. Um, and it's a very cool scene. You get these flashes between different um, planets and systems as this message goes out. We see, um, and it, it's cool because it activates droids. Like um, R2-D2 plants the message into the stream, like kind of like tossing like flowers into a river of water and it just sort of comes out whole, but whatever. Um, but all the droids in the entire galaxy start projecting um, Leia's message, which is like a really great tie-in to A New Hope um, in a lot yeah. of ways. And actually... Yo, do you I don't know if Grant remembers this, but so they 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 flash through the galaxy of all these people seeing this message. And on one planet in particular, Grant, do you remember this? There's one outstanding person that sees this on Trandosha. There is a yeah, a (laughs) ruling boss boss who, yeah, who sees it. And he just sort of like grimaces and like clenches his fist and um that I mean, that is worth the price of admission right there for me, even though there's no nine nub in this movie yet. Wait, um, wait, I was about to ask you, Ben, how do you feel about Lando's co-pilot, Nine Ming, who is not <laughs> nine nub? Yeah, why? but his lines are right. incredible. I, <laughs> like, yeah, there's the English subtext, the paraphrasing there that you can see. 
I'm also, okay with that, but the one thing that could easily have been punched up in this is there's a scene where um the where Chewbacca and Poe and BB-8 are running to the ships in the the um hangar on the eclipse. And for whatever reason Poe gets the Falcon and he's like, I don't know, yeah. Chewbacca, go and get whatever. And this is also, I mean, it's just to plant a seed of these great scenes of Chewbacca just like wrecking in a, in a um, X-Wing with BB-8 in the back. But I'm like, you can't pilot the Falcon without a, a co-pilot. At that moment, they need to have Nine-Nub be like, you can't go without a co-pilot. And then Nine-Nub is um, Poe's co-pilot in the Falcon. That yes. would complete the 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 scene for me. Okay, so you, so you said the magical phrase, Chewbacca in an X-Wing. Yeah. Talk about that for a moment. But I sure. feel like you really like that. I, I read that and I'm like, no, what is happening here? <laughs> what is this now? Like, why would you do that? Because why would you just Chewie give him a moment in the sun? Yeah, give him. Yeah, his moment in the sun is on the Millennium Falcon. You don't take away the Millennium Falcon, especially when you have an X-Wing pilot. It's just like, you're right. just doing you know, this. why did like, they swap vehicles? Right. So you could sell a toy. Which is yeah. Chewbacca and X Wing. It just felt the most like, it felt very um, fanficy. There's a couple moments in this script, which yeah. every script has those where I'm just like, no, there's no way this would have got the screen. Right. And even earlier in the script, Chewbacca's like, by the way, that's my ship. Um, yeah. So, you know, yeah, you guys don't get twisted. So. Yeah. All his pets die and then they steal his stuff. It's not fun for Chewbacca in this. Right. Right. I mean, we do get Chewbacca in X-Wing, which is cute, but yeah, it doesn't make any sense. They sh they should have gone the other way. You mean Poe jumps in an X-Wing. That's what he does. Wait, isn't uh, there a ship called the Phantom Hawk in this script? That's like, yeah, it's, that, yeah. That's, that's Rose's the, ship. Yeah, Rose, Rose's, that's Rose's ship. ship. Yeah. yeah, which is really cool. Again, another example of like a cool new ship that's been brought into the... Which, um, right. I think they could have done a good job and it probably might have come through if when they were shooting of like, she probably modded that thing out crazy like because oh, of yeah, like how right. much she does yeah, it really awesome. cool. like yeah right so we get a war in the stars with the eclipse and it's just like i don't know how it survives as long as it does because it's like <laughs> it's like leia in a star destroyer versus 10 star destroyers and yet somehow they're able to stay alive there's this ground war um against all these troopers um but it's kind of cool because they um actually there's a they overtake an atm6 um, they like they they commandeer an ATM six, which is cool. I'd love to see that. Yeah. Which are those massive things we see in um, Last Jedi? The Gorilla Walkers, um, they call them, right? Those ones. Yeah, they're called like um, it's called like massive destruction tool. I forget what they are, but yeah, the Gorilla Walkers. It's like they're yeah they're whatever uh, nickname. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, so that's pretty cool. So it's, you know, whatever war on the ground war up there. Rose is still, um, trying to, uh, destroy or like to drop the, um, the communications, uh, con uh, constrictions on their actually really beautiful Citadel in the middle of, um, of Coruscant, which turns out to be a ship, but this is like the, the seat of power for, uh, the first order on Coruscant. Um, which actually I would love to see. It would be super striking. Um, and then this, so this war goes on and like, that's where we see the mech troopers. And then we have the battle between Ray and Kylo on Mortis, which we've talked about a lot, um, as well. 
And uh, it's actually a really great battle out there. The brood troopers kind of remind me of like Warhammer characters. Like, oh, by yeah, that's on why I had my mind. Totally. Yeah. I was like, why? Or don't make Star Wars Warhammer. Please don't. Right. They do had that. like no. arm cannons and stuff. <laughs> yeah. They were just like massive. They made stormtroopers look like Boy Scouts or whatever the line is. So could yeah. I? Could I? Can we talk about Hux's? Hux for a second. It's sure. might be a good time. So first of all, there's a line in here which I laughed out loud, and I just I think I laughed on thing when you talked about the war and the stars. Now, granted, this line is written. Oh, I, it's written here. It's not said out loud, so we can do. It. Oh, like, there's a lot of little. Is, Hux realizes the tragic truth. He lost the Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's for the like. That's for like Kathy Kennedy. To yeah, be, like, exactly. Chuckle at it. yeah. I, it's fine. It's that. I hope that's what that's meant for. It's not a line that would have been said out loud. It's yeah. fine. But I laughed, yeah. and I hopefully yeah. that was I was meant to laugh at that. Yeah, but the other fantastic like yeah. Hux character development. Do you want? Yeah. You no, you say? Ben, you go ahead. You say it. Well, so, I'll talk about like, his, I want to talk about his ultimate demise. You can talk about what leads okay, to it. Okay, yeah. I'll talk about yeah. this. So there's like this ongoing theme. He has like this like Jedi fetish. Yeah. He collects um, he collects uh, lightsabers, which I yep. love. Like we all want to collect lightsabers. And I'm like, which ones? They're like, which ones? And we find out one at the end. We sure do. Um, um, and they uh, but he also tries to use the force and he can't. Yeah. Uh, and he gets caught by Kylo, which is so pathetic and hilarious, and I relate to. Um, and like, just you know, every time my <laughs> wife or my dog catches me trying to move things and like get the Cheetos out of the cupboard yeah. with the force. <laughs> um, but like, the script has some good laughs. I gotta say, yeah, yeah. it's. I mean, he, I, I kind of love Hux in this, where he's just like thrown into this position where he like is to- totally over his head. And it's like, and he's just so like pathetic and funny. Like it would be kind of hilarious. He even tries to use the force on Rose in the interrogation. Yeah. She's like, are you, are, you, are you trying to use a force? <laughs> yeah. It's weird. It's, it's really funny in this script. It's real weird. Like, yeah, I don't know where this came from with this character. Um, hilarious. I feel like, I feel like, and to be fair, I feel like Hux is a difficult character, right? In the third movie, because in the first movie, he's basically space Hitler, right? Like he doesn't have yeah. any, he is, he is, he is no fun about him whatsoever. And then in the last Jedi, they make him basically comic relief in a lot of that film, yeah. which I like, I like that character development. And in the third film, I think Trevor was trying to weirdly, he was trying to thread the needle between the two where JJ actually, I think just ran with, ryan's interpretation in rise of skywalker i think which is funny like he didn't try to go back to his original version of hux and i feel like in this one they're trying to make him kind of somewhere between that and that's why we get this weird him obsessed and trying to use the force but like so at the end he he realizes he has lost the star wars and so he decides to kill himself which i do not buy that as another reason this film did not get made yeah hux yeah I don't want to say this because this is going to sound weird, but Hux would never have like he's so about surviving. Right. Yes, and sniveling. There's yeah. no way he would have killed. Himself. He just would have run every version of Hux. He's a survivor. Right. Yeah, he, like, he never would have run. Right. Or he never would have killed himself. He was the general son that was thrown in Gen Pop with like all the cretinous, yeah. you know, um, yeah. whatever orphans and whatever and like survive despite like you know, getting picked on and doing this. He's a survivor. There's no, like he would, he would scurry off that raft. He would have been the person dressing up like a woman on the, on the Titanic to get in the life raft, right? Like he would have been like, that's it. Like he would have been, or like scourge in, in Thor Ragnarok, right? right? right. He would have been, I mean, I could, yeah. 
but but hey yeah, no he that's 100 percent what he should have done is pushed he should have dread guised himself as a refugee and like snuck off yeah. world in some way but got caught you know last minute yeah or something. but if you are gonna have him kill himself, to have him <laughs> impale to himself with Mace Windu's lightsaber is not a bad way to go. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely a callback. Now, yeah. in episode three, his lightsaber full on goes out the window, right? Does oh, it? Yeah. It goes out yeah. the window. I think he kicks it. So, so he had to. There is a scene in some novel somewhere, if this was canon, that someone found, like. I'm gonna say just I'm gonna just say just the lightsaber and and oh, Mace Windows hand because we all know that Mace Windows Windu survived that fall. Yeah. So they just found a hand and a lightsaber, and th- that also leads me to wonder how many hands and lightsabers are floating around in the Star Wars galaxy because someone <laughs> also lot. found Luke's hand and lightsaber somewhere. In fact, <laughs> if you find a lightsaber without a high hand, you should be worried about it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, really awesome. Um, so this is the battle, and then we have the battle on Mortis. So I think we're yeah, we're pretty much there. Um, hit up most of it. It was it, so that I mean, the defeat of Ben it is actually defeated in the same way as Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, uh, Leia says his name to him. Um, this is great. Like Ray gets also same with Ray. Ray gets imbued with all the power of all the Jedi um, and is able to sort of communicate. And she like speaks to all her friends in a moment as she rallies herself blinded, by the way, she was blinded in her battle with, um, Kylo and, and, and almost left for dead. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which is great. Um, yeah, she's blind swordsman, Zatuichi, which I've mentioned a hundred times. Yeah. It's um, kind of reminds me of Neo in, um, the mm. matrix revolutions yeah. where he's now I like it less at the end of the film. And it, it felt very much like revolutions. Yeah. I was like, wow, yeah. this is revolutions for Ray, <laughs> but that's kind yeah. of where I, I love. We didn't on. mention actually her lightsaber is a hodgepodge of, um, the double bladed lightsaber. Luke's we should mention yeah. that too. Which, right. You know, it and it's made out like... of her staff and Luke slash Anakin's lightsaber. It's a hybrid. Yeah, Sweet. it might sound like fan service, but it makes so much sense. She wielded a staff for yeah, the so enti- first two movies. Yeah. Like it totally wouldn't make sense that she made a double bladed lightsaber with that staff, as opposed to the weird thing she makes at the end of Rise of Skywalker. Right. right. And and during this time, um, Trevorrow is threading this this whole flashback storyline, wherein Ray is learning that Kylo was indeed this cold hearted murderer who took out her parents, but also he's the one who spared her or it, it kind of knows that. And this is what I thought initially coming out of the force awakens. I thought that Kylo had stowed her away on, on Jakku, you know, Snoke's, you know, Snoke's, it was Snoke's bidding to take out anyone who was a force sensitive. And he found this, this girl and he, he stowed her away here and left. And that's kind of what I thought when I, that was my initial thought when I walked out of the force awakens. And so I was like, that's kind of interesting that he went with some of those like, kind of knee-jerk ideas of maybe how she got there, right? When you right. walk out of that first film, he went with one of yeah. those kind of ideas. That was, that, that was kind of interesting. Right. So they wiped out the Jedi Hunter that we had in Rise of Skywalker and said it's just Kylo, essentially, was the Jedi Hunter. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't, right. it, again, it was kind of unclear in the Duel of Fate script, but yeah, essentially, you know, the parents tried to save her and, you know, whatever. Um, and then we, um, but like, you know, yeah, he, he killed them. Um, but then he it's not clear but it, it seems that he knew she was on Jakku yeah knew that well, I, think, she got yeah, I don't know I think that's through the the mind melding he sort oh, of was okay. like oh All that's right. where you were saw it from her perspective and sort of pieced it together um, yeah, yeah her parents unclear. were force sensitive as well or yeah, something uh, I don't know that 
that scene. So, so at the very end, it looked like um, Ray had the upper hand because she was like imbued with all this force powers. You know, Kylo had never seen. You know what would be really so great in these movies? You know what would be really great is if, like, the Knights of Ren fought some Jedi that was protecting this young girl, and it's just blatantly spelled out that Ray is like there will always be Jedi in the galaxy, and they're always squashed by the dark side and mm. she is just one of them and then you kind of get this flash but like her parents are just jedi they're not palpatines they're just they're just of the light side of the force maybe they're not wielding lightsabers and warriors but maybe they they didn't know they had it maybe something right. if, you want to do, if you want to go with the nobody and they really capitalize on the nobody storyline in this yeah. script where it's she's like she's no one is nobody. no one yeah she's a line where she's like no one is no one and she's kind of oh i guess they don't capitalize on it but i guess they use it really really try to give her an identity they kind of defeat the, the their their idea of doing it. they kind of defeat them, them themselves they shoot themselves I, I the foot by it. it was giving either her poe or, it was either poe or finn that said earlier in the jewel yeah. of fate script no one is no one poe said it well like, huh you know she's like i'm no one he's like no one's no one and then it comes back at the end she's like no one is no one yeah, yeah no one is no one and then um and then that she was full poe during the weird romance subplot that was not really well yeah. fleshed out between yeah can we just not talk about that yeah we don't need to talk about that well i don't, I don't I know. really know we... poe's purpose in these films honestly other than i know a cliche war film character but that's that's just my own interpretation yeah i mean that also dovetails into like what us talking about like Finn's development. It's like, why couldn't, you know, I don't know. I, I guess I, after the end of last Jedi, it seems like they're not a love interest anymore, but like, I would have much preferred a, a, a Finn and Ray love interest story than a, than a I, mean, I think JJ gets back to that in a kind of a big way. Like, uh, yeah. Finn yeah. and Ray feel very connected in that film. Yeah. Um, much like they do in the force awakens. And uh, yeah, I, I like it because it explains their connection away from a romance into at least a force connection, which is at least addressing right. what was going on between those two characters from multiple films, as opposed to the script where it's just like, no, apparently not. And now Poe's here. Right. I did have like, they, they used the Poe romance in this script to sort of be like, to give an example of attraction. And, and he, and, and Poe even says at one point, he's like, He's like, I get it. I read the Jedi path, which is a fun nod to that book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. no attachments, yada, yada, whatever. Uh, um, but like, it, but I mean, it's that that's part of setting up the fact that like, no, you can allow yourself to have attachments. You can allow yourself to be angry every once in a while. You just need to know the right way. I mean, if right. you're going to go the, that sort of really, really thin line of like, what a great Je you know, of, of using both sides as a symbol of balance in the force. Um, but I, I yep. mean, I prefer the way it ended up this way, which it's still you don't really. It's just like, yes, there's both in the galaxy, but you have to choose whether to be bad or good. And I, right. I, I, and, I, and that the best part about, I think, that ending message that I think is one redemptive redeeming quality of the script is when um, when Yoda's like, if you want if like choose life and then you'll love and choose yeah. death and then you'll you'll be at peace or whatever. But if you choose life, you can even though this galaxy's in strife and, and, and loss and conflict you at least can find love in life. And I thought that was a really affirming message for, yeah. uh, for I, hope I, and life and yeah. all that kind of stuff. I thought that was agreed yeah. out of this bleak odyssey. I thought that one beat was kind of nice. And I was like, that's hopeful, but you need a lot more of that, I think to make a star Wars film. So, so yeah. So then very end we have Ray or we have Poe and un 
clear amount of time has passed, correct? But we have Finn right. and and Rose basically. Well, we we have a medal ceremony first, oh, right. so yes. obviously they're successful, and we have to. I guess once they get the message out, that's enough to cause the uprising, and then apparently yep. every planet liberated themselves, which is the yep. same sort of mind gymnastics we have to do in Rise of Skywalker. And we get a starship jump randomly jumping. Finally, when it does that, actually jumping oh, into, into a star, into a star, which I appreciate. I'm like, it's we get that first promise into like in our first movie ever, and it's fulfilled in the ninth one, right? <laughs> yeah, thanks to Rose again. Yep. So another good move by them. But there's a great medal ceremony. Uh, Chewbacca officially gets a medal. And it's it's handed out by Leia. I mean, I, I loved that scene. I would have loved to see that scene. Sure. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, yeah. I love Chewie getting a medal. Should have got a medal in A New Hope, honestly. But like, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, if you could argue it's sort of better. Like, yeah. on the down low, you know, where it was sort of passed from Leia to Maz to Chewie. That was a yeah, cute. That's touching. I that's do love that. It does break my heart every time I watch that. Like, yeah, it's, it's like powerful. again. I'm gonna keep using the analogy that he keeps losing all his pets, but it's like getting your pet's collar <laughs> handed to you, and it's like, like after the pet passes oh. away, here's his, here's your pet's collar, and here's like, oh, jeez, oh, brutal. Wow, this has been a great night. Thanks, Adam. <laughs> this is a pre- <laughs> guys. This is a depressing <laughs> film. Adam turns off his like his zoom effect, and there's just a stack of collars. <laughs> like, oh my god! <laughs> I felt lost, guys. I've experienced loss in my life. That's a lot. That's a, a lot. lot of pets. Um, I just can't uh, seem to keep them alive. I don't know. I don't know what happens to them. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Uh, Ooh, so sorry, guys. On the so then they uh, actually because like Ray dies essentially um, when yeah. she sort of communicates with me in the astral plane with Luke. Uh, Yoda and Ben Kenobi, yeah. who's like no, Ben gone. Kenobi gives her like a last mission. Who's like, you will not be the last Jedi, which I thought was actually kind of nice. Yeah. Um, that so she, you know, she's there, and then um, I think she Finn, then says, and, "I am the Gray, I am the Gray Jedi." She never no, says that. No, the black. That is not. No. I read a different script. <laughs> <sighs> she basically does without actually saying that. Yeah. Well, anywho, I'm joking. Uh, I'm joking. Continue, yeah. Ben. I don't want to do Thank you. Thank you, Grant. Um, <laughs> uh, so Rose and Finn uh, actually start. They're the ones that start the new um, colony for Force sensitives, and um, and Ray joins them. And it's clear she's going to start to be the new. You know, uh, she's going to teach them a new school new for way. Jedi. There'll be more Jedi. Fade to black. That's it train a ton of gray jedis out there yeah ton of all gray jedis all fulfilling gray, so many yeah. and my apologies to our listeners that yeah that's not even badly at incredible. all right embrace the light and the dark yeah instant it problem right there yeah yeah well, okay, hey stop hitting around. your instant sister wait no do hit your problem. sister yeah it's okay to feel anger and use that anger to destroy yeah. your enemies it's fine there's nothing wrong just with a that. super dysfunctional school where just people yeah. beat on each I, other a little bit and I have to say, I do, I do appreciate. Like I've been reading the old EU stuff, working my way through, and they do. What's interesting is those books were written, like right before the, uh, before the prequel trilogy were written. So you can yeah. see the authors suddenly going, "Oh wait, Jedi can't have romantic attachments," because that's not addressed at all in the original yeah. trilogy. That's not a thing, right? That's right. a prequel trilogy thing. 
And so the authors were suddenly having to like thread this needle. And I appreciate that, that there's a big discussion in the new Jedi order of like, but can they yeah. like, should they? Oh, wow. And I, yeah. and I appreciate that discussion. And I feel like that you could have that right of like, we can, let's examine what the Jedi, you know, what's really true about being a Jedi. I don't love the fact that that is like, and, and talking about attachment is different than like, yeah, feeling hate's cool. Like, right, like, like right. there's there's a line there where I'm like, I don't mind this idea of like, let's clearly the old ways didn't work because all the Jedi's got wiped out. Like, clearly that wasn't the right way. But like, let's have a bit of a discussion before you have Yoda and, and Obi-Wan and and Luke just saying, yeah, you're right. You should do both. We were wrong. Everything we said was wrong. And it was like yeah. <laughs> thousands of years of Jedi teaching was wrong because anyway, anyway. Yeah. So. That's that. And um, yeah, Kylo's demise is the same. I don't know if we said this is the same thing. So it's Kylo steals Ray's power and then hears the voice from his mother and then like instantaneously gives the power back to Ray and dies. Boy, if you is, thought it was kind of rushed in, in yeah. Rise of Skywalker, man, it is. It, it is not. like just it's whiplash. And then you get no redemption moment, really, like you do at least yeah. in Rise of Skywalker. It's like death. It's, it's weird because he had her beat. And then, but like his mother's voice at that moment just like crushed him, and that was it. And it, it seems like a bit of a stretch, and it, and it makes me sort of grateful. I was like, as soon as I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm so ha much happier that we got the like yeah. end of Rise of Skywalker scene with Ben Solo. I mean, that's some of my favorite moments yeah. of the oh of yeah, the totally. trilogies. So. Agreed. Right, the Ben yeah. and Han stuff is incredible. I always thought you needed to have atonement with the father and needed to be Han Solo. Like I knew that from the force awakens, you were needed something, some closure yeah. of some kind. Cause that was so that was, that left such an open wound, you know, right. I didn't, I think you needed closure for that moment. And so I'm so glad JJ did the legwork so beautiful. to make yeah. that happen. And then yeah. I think it's one of the best acted scenes in yeah. all that, of star Wars. I know Agreed. that's another one of those I things say that about every scene in star Wars, but <laughs> well, they're all like the <laughs> best, one but there's ones that are slightly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, that there's was like Citizen Kane and then everything that happens in all the Star Wars movies above it. And then we can start ranking it. <laughs> I had a conversation last night with some friends about like, well, what's the biggest blockbuster of all time? And I'm like, and they're like, uh, is it Jaws? And like, I'm like, well, I'm like, guys, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm like Star Wars. But like that, I'm like, I don't any like conversations about films. Star Wars is its own category. And yeah, like, it's exactly. everything else. Yeah. Um, but at the same right. time, like I know we host the Star well, Wars podcast, and but I come on, like it's no, it wasn't about money. It was just like yeah. what was you know the blockbuster, right, right, blockbusters. Right. You know, right. I mean, Jaws started it right two years earlier. Yes. That was like technically first thing, the, and that's why it's always in that discussion. But like Star Wars, I think the original one was kind of the ones who set the idea of oh. what a blockbuster could be and what it is, and I think that's why it's it's kind of the blockbuster of all time. Yeah, I mean, played well, for I years. 2000, 2001, stolen. you know, years before that, I think a lot of people went to like the Cinerama Dome yeah. and, and, and things like. I think people went out for that movie. I think, but not they did. But it wasn't that summer blockbuster as we know them today. Lining out, lining up, and, and event event films. Yeah, almost. films where you're going to the theater because it's the best place to, to watch. Are there 2001? I thought you were talking about. I thought you were talking about uh, current time or a blockbuster. Talk what's about the Sorry, I didn't film. mean to rope you guys into this conversation from last night. It was just sort of like, yeah, what was the the greatest? We're just here to tell you you're right, Ben. <laughs> Thank you. I know Star Wars remains a titan in the box office. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that wasn't that was another great line. C three PO like so, R two D two gets like 
trashed at the, in the third act. Of I this got thing. emotional yeah. when that was happening. Yeah, yeah. And C-3PO is with him. And C-3PO is so on point in this. Actually, it's a great C-3PO script. Yeah. Um, and he's very worried about R2. They end up using R2's memory and putting it into uh, BB-8, which is very symbolic and kind of cool, cute. I don't know. But um, but so C-3PO is like lamenting him and he's just like, oh, will he be OK? Talking to Leia. He's like, I just like, you know, C3, like R2-G2 has just been so great. I just I just and he's stubbing for work and a uh, word. And she's like, I know. And it's like, oh, that's it's a great it's, yeah. it's a great tie in. Well, he does that good. a few times. Yeah, there's a couple like there's a rose line that's like it mimics a Han line. Uh, there's there's a lot of that where they, yeah. they take their turns sort of echoing these classic lines from the original trilogy, which was nicely done. But, you know. Yeah, I'm very but, happy with the film we got. I think it does a great job. I will say, I think that this this film had a lot of potential. I feel like through multiple dra- more drafts, I think it would have would have yeah. stuck the landing better. But it it tells a Star Wars story. I think it's very bleak. I think it needed to be lightened up a little bit in areas. But I think there's something there. Yeah, I just yeah. it for me, it's like I mean, I, we end where we started. For me, I just like it had a lot of cool things and a lot of cool visuals, more aliens, more ships, more stormtroopers, really just, you know, pillars and stuff, which is really ingredients in a recipe, right. That make a good star war. But, um, they, you know, but when it comes, when the rubber meets the road, it needs to have this message. And it sort of, it was kind of, a, I don't know. I, I didn't hate Ray Solana during this read as much as like the other times we've talked about this before reading it. I, I like I'm like, OK, if you're going to go, she is no one. The Ray Solana thing. I'm like, OK, kind of. It's like, that's your name. She's like, OK, I have a name. And, yeah, you know, and, and that the message that, well, anyone is, you know, no one is no one is essentially like, what would you guys say is the the message of Duel of Fates? Like, what's the overarching message? Embrace your hate. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I mean, that's a little glib. I don't understand your capacity there. for the dark side. But yeah, know do, that it's always part do of good. you. Yeah, know it's yeah. a part of you. Which there's truth to that, right? Like you can't excise your demons, but you can try to not to have them control you. Right. Yeah. It wasn't very clear. I mean, there, I thought like no one is no one is also a very that would yeah. could have been the message, you know. Which, and I think that might be the message, right? Because you then have you also have Finn's storyline, right, where he's is he is talking about right. his name and and gaining an identity, right, when it's been ripped away from you. Yeah. Um, and then pose there too. Um, but like, I feel like that, that might be that. I think no one is, no one is probably that. And again, through drafting process, that could have been made a little clearer, which yeah. is a good message. I like that. That message. is a, that is a smart answer to the last Jedi, which is you're nobody, you know? And then yeah. no one yeah. is no one. It, yeah. it, or That's smart and fun. And I can see that almost debuting in a trailer, honestly, right. if they wanted to do that in a trailer, because yeah. that's, it's just fun to do these tie-in messages where people just saw a film that poses a question, and then this film yeah. now has to answer. And yeah. that's fun to yeah. do it that, that way. I think that's a really interesting line. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like the Ray Solanas is just a step too far. I was like, why would you even reveal the name? At, very, at the very end, now it's going to be in our minds when we walk into the theater. We're only going to think about the name, and that name now has to build into this impossible, iconic so- name that's basically as cool as the Skywalker name, but... And Sky, with Skywalker, we hear it so early on in a film that we build up the love and memory of it over time, whereas this is just dropped on us at the end. 
people may have tripped over the Ray Skywalker stuff. I personally did it. I actually love it. I, I love it as an adoption story personally, but I get why yeah. people kind of ran up against it. But here's my question. How is this script? How is the Trevor script? The end of the Skywalker saga, because that I could not identify why this was the end of the Skywalker oh, yeah, saga. Not at all. Because Leia, Leia is still could around. Could not market it that way. Maybe oh, that's yeah, a Leia reason still alive. Did not know, yeah. honestly. There's a new Jedi thing. There would have been, if this was the script, you, you're right, Grant, they would have marked it this way. This would have been like, this is the end of this trilogy, and coming in five years, you get your 10, 11, 12. Which right? we because, might still, yeah. Which we might, but like that's what it would have been. This would have been, this would have been Disney deciding to continue this, and I think smartly they decided to let's wrap this whole thing up in nine. Still leave some doors open, obviously, but like let's let's try to let's try to land this thing. And I don't feel like this thing lands. I feel like it just I don't is think you had to do another name, movie... I think you could still have the adoption arc in this movie with Luke and just just yeah, jam oh, it in. Honestly, I think you could just fix that. Absolutely. Yeah, and that really might have been the way it ultimately, you know, let, you know, ended up. I mean, this is four years before the movie debuted, so there's yeah, plenty of time. Because it's more interesting if she's of... it's more interesting if she's a nobody, like yeah. what the last what the last Jedi states and sets up, and then yes. this yeah. film is like, oh yeah, she's no one, but you know, at the end, she can then decide yep. whatever she wants. Decide her, her identity, decide yeah. that she is as much as she does have honor the name she was given, but know that the, these other people, the Luke and and Leia, have been as important parental figures as those were that were taken from her at such a young age. Yeah. You could still do that with the script. You could just, yeah, absolutely. yeah. You could have Forrest ghost Luke be like, listen, you'll always be like a daughter to me. Like, yeah, I know you're searching for your past, but like, it doesn't matter. You'll always be a Skywalker to me. Yeah, you are. And she reaches that scene and Kylo's like, you're Solana. She's like, no, I'm a Skywalker. And that's, yeah, that may have been the name I was born with, but I am a Skywalker. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, or you could tie into how Grant was like, maybe Skywalker's is the new Jedi or whatever. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. I said that way back. That was, that was, a, lot, that was a while ago. I like that. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, so. 152 minutes. What do you think? Did we get it? <laughs> I think we never need to look at the script again. Honestly. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Thank I'll you, though. watch what we got. This, this is very much for me. This is one of those things I desperately wanted to talk to you both about. And yes, it was going to take two hours to do. Um, so for both of you still listening out there um, at 152 minutes, thank you for indulging us. This was super fun. Wait, wait. Uh, I, I want to clarify. It's an hour and 52 minutes or 152 minutes? Uh, an hour and 52 minutes. Okay, good. Because I'm like, that's almost three hours, dude. We got we to gotta trim this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. It's that's an hour, longer an hour than and, the movie would have been. Hour and fifty-three minutes now. So yeah. Oh, um, I'm glad I'm adding to the length of sorry. this by trying to figure out how long this is. Yeah, good math, Adam. I was incorrect on that. My bad. <laughs> I got real concerned for a second. <laughs> um, all right. Awesome. Thanks for doing it. Um this is yeah, we can put this one to bed. You're right, Grant. This one's yeah. in the ground now. We've now covered it. Um and so I, I, I have it printed sad. out. In a binder, and it will be on my bookshelf with all my Star Wars books forever, in case I ever yeah. want to go back and look at it. Yeah, I mean, we didn't mention it earlier on because it's illegal, but it's out there. You could find it, maybe, if you wanted to um, yeah. and read it. It's definitely worth reading because, as I mentioned earlier, like this is the highest form of fanfic you'll ever read. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's, it's kind of fascinating, and um, I wonder... I wonder if it's ever going to rear its head in some other ways in the future. It might. Um, next week, we're going to uh, hopefully talk about the Mandalorian uh, season two trailer. If, if that comes out, we'll do a shorter episode um, and just focus on that. 
Um, yeah, maybe. Right? <laughs> two Unless hours on a fifty-two second. How long was our? How long was our Rise of Skywalker? It was like forty-five minutes on a thirty-second trailer. Yeah, it it could be like that um, because it do. How much? Um, how much nonsense did we speculate off of like thirty-five second TV spot? I know it's true, but I also love that Ben is you trying find to land this thing easily. under two hours, and we're just not letting him get there. No, it's it's fine. It's fine. I'm also doing it. Um, but yeah, so we're, yeah, so we'll hope to talk about that. Uh, if we don't get one, we might do a, um, uh, Thrawn ascendancy chaos. Meow. I chaos, rising? chaos rising. Chaos rising. Chaos rising. Thank you. Um, review next week. So get reading. Um, cause there's definitely going to be a reading Rathtar. Hopefully we'll do it either next week or the week after, um, I'm just I, this trailer, man. I looked at a I was looking online this morning and I found a fake one that someone oh, no, had posted no, no. two hours before I looked. And I was like, <gasps> there's like Boba Fett all over it. But it was like really bad CGI and like deep fake stuff <laughs> on it. And I was like, is it? And I'm like, don't be stupid, Ben. I think uh, have- long ago, uh, John Favreau tweeted uh, out a photo of a Gamorrean guard. But he looked like he was in like yeah. gladi- gladiatorial garb. He did. Yeah, it made me think we might get some, you know, gladiator games going on oh, in this nice. like season two. That'd be cool. Yeah. yeah, I saw some like Boba Fett and like fake armor in like sort of in like really like destroyed armor sort of thing. I was like, oh, anyways, <laughs> you saw gonna... a thing and you didn't tell us. I didn't because it was fake, guys. I didn't want to I like eyes on the prize. I was just wanted to yeah, make sure no. we landed this plane, which is an egregious, yeah. you know, um, similar. I kept refreshing all day long because I thought for sure it was going to drop today. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see. Well, we can announce that October 30th is when it's going that's to true. debut October 30th, on Disney yeah. Plus. That's that's huge. So if you're listening, October like 30th, yeah. that'll be yeah. the yeah. premiere of Mando. Season it was coming in October, man. They really decided to push that as far back as in October as possibly and be yeah. true. As I, I, don't get me wrong, very happy that we're getting it. A little bummed that it's that far away, which is still like just barely a month and a half away, but whatever. Right. I want content. Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> yeah. start it's reading. Um, we might do it next week. Uh, Ascent, you know, Chaos Rising next week or the week after. Um, but uh, yeah, so that'll be that. But for now, um, thank you very much for listening to us. And as always, may the force be with you. Always. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you and good night. Remember, the force will be with you always. <laughs>